ready to kick it out for the hook. But before you email them, let me finish sailing this groove like a train derailing. Like a train. You better hold on, this song's for the strong ladies. Come on and get your fur on. When you're coming with another one, Humpty. Every time you ask that you pump me, love, then you're wild. Wild. What a fool believes he sees the vibe and has the power. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. You said it that way, didn't you? What? Uh, it's the wise man. <laughs> yeah. The wise man has the power. Reason It's Michael McDonald for you. I saw him live, man. I saw him live with he performed with Hall of Notes. Them doobies in they Chinese Grove. Doobie wow. brothers. There we Thanks go. Thanks for that recommendation. Yeah, that was for our special guest this week. He, that was a special request from our special guest. Welcome to episode uh, 14 of Violent Light, their old stuff. Uh, Big Dickin'. This week's title. Um, and this week we've got a special guest. we got uh, Mr. Fast Eddie himself on the show, Fast Eddie Baldwin. Good evening. Great to be here. Um, do you, should we call you, do you – what do you want us to call you, Eddie, Ed, Edward? I mean, I think – yeah, I think uh, Eddie, Ed, all that works. <laughs> okay. Well, There's Ed, only three Ed. of us. I think we'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm, I'm J-Ho, and this is my sidekick, Grieve. Oh, booyah! I'm supposed to call you David and Joey. You can call me whatever you want to call me. You got to call uh, us. I think we started out, you know, we really did try to start out with some sort of anonymity, you know, and to go in J-Ho and Groove because we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, safely enough, nobody listens. So you can call me David. <laughs> <laughs> I could say my phone number on the air and not get any phone calls, so... I don't care. Whatever comes to your, whatever comes to your your head first. Well, well I mean, it's, it's, you're in the public <laughs> eye now, and I think you're, you have to sac- you sacrifice a measure of your privacy. It's just kind of the yeah. cost. I'm gonna call you grieve because I didn't like, ask to be a role model. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! What's with that? Damn. All right. Um. So we got. Uh, Fast Eddie on the show this week, and Fast Eddie's a, an old friend of ours from a, a previous employer. We used to work together at summer camp, yep. and uh, we've reconnected via the magic of Twitter. The magic. And I think well, the first thing I saw was, um, well, you can, you can continue to talk about Fast Eddie. Maybe let Fast Eddie describe himself in so many words or less. Um, while I look for this one thing. <clears throat> All right. Well, describe yourself then, Fast Eddie. Well, I think the first thing you'd notice would be my tan. Your tan? You got that Virginia Beach tan, <laughs> it kind huh? It kind of leads me into the room. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Richmond, VA, currently. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty, pretty excited to be following the, uh, the podcast over the last couple of months. And, uh getting getting back in touch with people and getting getting into the conversation and lo and behold here I am so did you listen to last week's show uh not yet oh oh well then you would you don't know that you're uh you were number one fan last week that's 
It's, it's good of you to listen to our to keep up with our shows. So get <laughs> play there, play that. So at least you've listened to some of the shows. Our last guest, Tom Sibley, didn't listen to any of the episodes and lied to us and told us that he had. He had well, no heard. idea what he was doing. Nope. Everybody loved him though. They want him back. Um, so, um, Fast Eddie's favorite music, uh, and I quote, These days there's a real lack of big, epic metal that is drenched with crushing guitars and choirs and orchestras. Edward Baldwin's favorite movie is the executive washroom scene in RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> it changes a lot, but... Um, it was the uh, it was the Facebook that got us back together, me and me and Fast Ed. And um, the first time I saw it was a guy with a mullet, jean shorts, denim vest, with a rocking guitar and teased up bangs. Yeah. And um, it was one of these, you know, yeah, people do the ironic Facebooks, um, and then people do them really well, where it's like you go back and you double check it to see if anything's changed because it's kind of funny. So, um, anyways. What I reason away. <laughs> what a fool believes. So, um, well, welcome, Fast Ed. We're we're happy to have you here. We hope that you'll <clears throat> enjoy recording with us, and maybe you can tell all your friends you're on a podcast, and they'll start listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, no, the the word the word's going to get out. The, the Mid Atlantic is is going to soon under your spell. What yeah. um so what tell me about what you do for a living because I, I don't really I just saw on your Facebook page that you you said don't just call us an ad agency is that serious or what? Well, you know it's it's kind of it's kind of the thing where you you, you really have to let you know you let your clients call you whatever you know whatever they need to call you to uh, to kind of get a grasp of what you do but yeah we're uh, uh, I've got I've got two business partners and we are a, a marketing design and interactive agency. And, uh, wow! So you're you're part owner in this thing? I I, I own I own yes. Wow. One third? Do you own one third? <laughs> no, that. No, less less than the third. Um, okay. But Wait, uh, you're not really an owner in this thing. Are you publicly traded? Oh. <laughs> well, what? Uh, you know I, that 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 will come back to me in, in dividends uh, when we reach profitability. <laughs> but um, you know, we need a telephone first, so. Okay. Businessman. Hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. Don't come in here acting all arrogant just because you're. <laughs> so you right. let your you let your clients call you whatever they want to call you because they're writing you via snail mail because <laughs> they can't get you to hold you on the phone. Well, you know we um we we do a lot of faxing. <laughs> faxing. Why are there still fax machines? I don't understand that. I don't fucking know. I can't. Every once in a while, somebody asks me to fax them something, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go get in my time machine to go back to 1985 and find a fax machine. I had to work the fax it. machine at the hotel when I was working there, and that's where I—that I, was the first time I ever used a fax machine. And so first time like, ever. First time ever I ever used a fax machine. I was like, "What? How do you do this?" It was pretty. It's amazing know. technology. I always have to go to Kinkos, and I go in there, and they don't—they—they—they they, they don't know how to use the fax machine either. I'm like, "How do I use this thing?" They're like, oh, "Fuck if I know." I mean, I guess it really is pretty amazing technology, right? Yeah, at the time. <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean, we can we can speak of days that were before whale oil lamps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what era you're talking about. 
In the 1700s, the fax machine is totally incredible technology. Um, what I mean, it's using a phone line, right? Let me get this straight. The fax machine uses a telephone line. Yeah. But it sends a picture. Now, when you're talking on the phone, you're doing auditory stuff. So this is visual over a phone line. Tell me that's not special. Well, it's the Internet is <laughs> – are you impressed by the dial-up Internet, too? <laughs> is that an, is that's even more incredible? It uses the phone line, too. <laughs> so how does that – it's like the it's like that thing in Star Star Trek where they beam people down. The transfer. Yeah, see room. for me, I, I pictured the fax machine like that thing from Willy Wonka, where they they send the picture through the air. Like TV, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they send the chocolate through the air. And it is just like a fax machine because I'm never sure if it has worked. <laughs> right. Yeah. You no. just send it out, and you're like, uh, maybe it got to the other end. The only no. time I ever have to fax something is when I'm faxing. You know, it's it's some kind of government document. You know, it's something important. Yeah. And it's anyway. So what's the um what's the status of this business then? How old is it? I mean, we uh we 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 got together about six months ago. The three of us were all working at a uh, at a major uh, Fortune 500 financial institution in Richmond. And you lost your job. I remember you tweeted about that, didn't we you? We did. We got. We yeah. got. Uh, I pay attention. We were, we were, you know, get shown some some new opportunities, and uh, yeah, we just kind of came together. Uh, it was a bit of a shotgun wedding. We didn't really have the luxury of kind of plotting and scheming for years and years uh, about what we would do if we ever were out on our own. And uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so we just kind of got to work, and we've been. Are you guys similar ages? No, actually. Uh, We've got we've got a gray hair. Our, our our CEO he's uh he's actually about my dad's age. Yeah. And then uh, we've got uh, Cal who is I think 35, and uh, he's a Briton, which is really mm-hmm. pretty fun. We we have a, a lot of fun talking about British things. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, always that's, a good. Tired of it. Wow. That never gets old, does it? No. It, it, you know what? It really doesn't. No. Say something else. Say something else. Come Say on. Say watermelon. Say watermelon. 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 Sally ho. Sally ho. I'm not time for tea. <laughs> oh, it is just fuming right now. <laughs> well, I think the most interesting thing is is that he has very strong opinions on on, on people that I've never really given much thought to. Uh, you know, especially if they're former members of the uh, the British Empire. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, you know, he was calling, you know, he's just he's just he was talking about Australians as being dirty, as if it was just <laughs> kind of like a common thing that that people always say. And you know, I'm 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 just I'm just repeating what what I've heard, and I think uh, that's no, an pretty... that is, that is uh, unfortunately been planted in 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 him at an early age. But the other thing about about it was we were talking about Flight of the Concords and just, you know, I think for me, I, I think that's kind of a funny show because it's quirky and and they behave strangely. Jermaine, and he's like, that's great. that's how New Zealanders act. And I didn't even get that. Wow. So, you know, there's a lot to learn. Foreigners are So funny. do the three of you um, spend all day in the same office? Or do you mainly work from home? Cal and I spend 
our time in the office. Our partner, uh, Aaron, lives uh, down by the river yeah. in a van, in a, in a home. Uh, he lives in a, in a like in the delta, like the delta of the Tappahannock River or something, some kind of uh, you know nice uh, rural setting. The bayou. Yeah. So yeah, he's about an hour away, but we're trying to make technology work for us. Is that who you're faxing to? Yeah, going all day long. <laughs> when you get a phone line, you're gonna be hype. You know, you got a fax line, but not a phone. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, well, that sounds cool. I, you know, I've been meaning to ask about yeah. that. And Good what better way to do it than make other people listen to me curious about your life? So yeah, uh, catch up. It's pretty. You know, I think the fun, the the, the best part is, uh, you know, I'm I'm a a writer. That's how I started off. But I'm I've been thrust into the role of kind of uh, having to go out and do a whole lot of networking. Yeah. And and just I mean a whole lot, and that's something I kind of avoided and. It's just been it's been uh, interesting. I mean, not in not your number one. Uh, when I think of you, I don't think of you as the type of person to network necessarily. That's not a bad thing. I would. I think no. so. You're like the yeah. <laughs> you got a way about you. You got people are. You no, know, it's just uh, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, you can kind of you kind of go into automatic mode. Really, you only have to you, you kind of can ask similar questions and, and just, you know, people are usually pretty happy to just kind of talk about what they have going on. And so you don't really have to do too much. Yeah. And then sometimes there's booze. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, I know you're a natural leader. You're a physical manifestation of a living dream, but, um, <clears throat> well, let's move on to uh, number one fan, number one hater this week. We've got our intros in. Um, number yeah. One number fan. one fan this week is going to be, uh, uh, an old friend of ours who's been supportive of the show and uh, tweets about it and gives us his opinion about it, and uh, that is uh, Mikey, our buddy Mikey. Mr. Columbia. Mr. Columbia, Mikey. He um he told me one time that he actually he's, – he's, he's hit me with some stories about him listening to the podcast before, and he told me one time he was, uh, he was out walking in downtown Columbia, and I started singing – and he started laughing, and, and everybody on the streets turned and stared at him. And then there was another time that he was in uh, – he, he's a grad student, and he was in his office at school with presumably a bunch of other people in the room. And he started laughing so hard that uh, he had to turn the podcast off because <laughs> people didn't know what was going on. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Mikey. That's a strong choice. Yeah. The um I'm yeah, I'm taking a look at Twitter just to see what kind of stuff he's he's been tweeting lately. But Mikey, yeah, dude is the, a- one of the great things about Mikey is is if he's uh if he has been imbibing uh alcoholic beverages and he hits a certain point, then he uh he, he's the one to quickly educate everybody as to what's going on. Um and I was watching a video recently, uh there's a video series called Drunk History on YouTube. You can look yep. it up. It's pretty funny. It's got like some of the sort of hot comedians in it right now, like Jack Black and Michael Sarah 
some other people, but it's kind of low budget. And it's basically Which, like a time out because after year one, they may not be considered that hot of comedians. Right, they were <laughs> up until up until that point. But Absolutely. anyway, it's like a drunk guy telling a, a historical story, and some of it is true, and some of it is just drunk rambling. But uh, they act these stories out. The the guest stars act these stories out, and it's pretty funny. And it reminded me of Mikey because there's been several times where I've I've been in a group with Mikey, and all of a sudden he hits a point where he's like, "Everybody sit down." <laughs> Everybody sit down. Sit now, down. The greatest Jay Z album. You need to know this, all right? The greatest Jay Z album is, and he goes into a soul story, and he'll explain like the ins and outs of the best Jay Z album compared to other artists. And and yeah. not just, I mean, it won't just be like, I mean, he'll be talking about like alliteration and you know, like the imagery, and he'll be talking about like literary devices used in the album. You know, so it'll be fairly specific. Because <clears throat> he, he's a really smart guy and really well-read. And uh, so, yeah, he has, like, even though it's it reminds me of this drunk history thing, because it's like this, like, uh, the guys in the drunk history, they obviously know what they're talking about, but they're also inebriated. Um, but, yeah, there's Mikey. There's a nice embarrassing story about Mikey. He's not <laughs> drunk all the time. He just, yeah. hey, yes, every once in a while. Well, I got number one hater this week. Go for it. Only because it's time to it's time to move off our quintuplet crown. Uh, no, we'll be back. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back. But um, this week we're we're taking it back to China with our friend Stephen, who uh, has has emailed us again. If you if you've been listening to the podcast, you remember the uh, check out my beautiful girlfriend who emailed us. <laughs> Oh, I haven't even talked to Joey about whether or not he's read this email yet. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> Steven's the guy that asked us to talk more about uh, Korean foreign policy. He got, yeah, he got, he got us mixed up with another podcast. Yeah, obviously the same caliber podcast as us. <laughs> we, thought it was a, we thought it was spam, and so we called him out on the show, and he wrote us and was like, it's not spam, I actually listen to your show. And I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake. He's back. He's written us again. What did yeah, he say? I'm just going to read the email out loud, just like I did last time, because um, I think everybody needs to be able to read our mail. Yeah. Steven, I, I'm going to leave out his last name, um, says, I remain one of your loyal listeners to all, in quotes, seasons. You talk on listener numbers. A suggestion. If that is your measure of success... Maybe make the podcast a bit shorter and punchier. Maybe 45 minutes of key weekly issues. Well, now he wants us to be CNN. <laughs> well, I mean, this is Maybe we should do... Um, Papa wants us to talk more about weekly issues, I guess. So. Apparently everybody that listens to our podcast hopes that one day we're well, going to start talking about, you know, U.S. foreign policy. Korean, yeah, Korean, Korean foreign policy, go. Go. Funny or not funny. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work that into funny or not funny. Number one hater. Congrats, so, number buddy. Number one hater this week. Yeah, Stephen, really, um, you're probably not number one hater. I really appreciate the fact that you're continuing to listen to yeah, all but you, seasons. Grasping that low-hanging fruit of complaining about the show length. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to make it shorter, and I definitely don't know how to make it punchier, because I'm as, I'm just filled with as much spunk as I can be. 
Well, th- there's a, there's always a chance that we're going to just like not record for about six weeks. So if you break it up over the amount of time we take in between each episode, it's really not that long of a show. It averages out to be like a five-minute show. Yeah, listen to it about 30 minutes every week, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think there's a... You know, there's an obligation on your audience to condition itself to, you know, out of this mode of, of, of small digestible bits and to get some, you know, get engaged and inside two to three hours to listen to the podcast. We're <laughs> leading by example. We don't want soundbite politics. That's right. So we're really chewing up the issues. Hey, we hit up some issues last week. We talked about Obama, uh, Obama posters with him made up to look like the Joker. We talked about town hall meetings. Yay, socialism. <laughs> I played a voicemail, right? I haven't yeah. listened to that episode. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? Um, I mean, what what when you go into listening to this episode, Eddie? What? How do you listen to it? What's the context? And do you listen to it in one sitting? Do you, you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. You know, in the early days, it was uh, when before we had our office, I, I would be working at home, and that would be my my Tuesday morning would just be. Uh, you know, I'd be in the in the in the house by myself, and I would uh, it'd be like working with with two uh, two distracted coworkers. Just <laughs> <laughs> two guys kind of kind of chatting it up across you know one cubicle over, and that was yeah. fine for me. Like your cubicle is right by the water cooler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so uh, is this that, is now that you have an office. Is that why you haven't listened to the last week's episode? Um, I don't know if that's the reason. Okay. Yeah, is it, you know, I, I think is it because we started sucking? <laughs> no, I think it was just uh, it was very easy for me to uh, to just kind of follow the links when the new episode was up, and I've either been miss, missing those those uh, uh, those tweets, or you know, maybe I just need to uh, maybe I'm RSS feed spoiled. You know what? I, I I announced it on the IOLTOS feed, but I didn't put it on my feed, and so I don't know if you follow IOLTOS or not. But usually we bounce them all around, and Groove didn't didn't do his job either on that. So yeah, I just haven't been I haven't been tweeting as much lately because I haven't been in front of my computer at all. Um, oh, so well, well, yeah, you get a master's degree now. You're my master. Is that what it is? <laughs> No, I've been out playing disc golf. Yeah. <laughs> the truth comes out. At least you're honest. Yeah. So, All right. <clears throat> Let's, uh, should we roll into the meat of the episode? Yeah. And this is uh, this one's one that, that Groove pitched to us. Uh, and so this week we're going to talk about customer service. So, Groove, you want to you wanna hit us up? Yeah, I, and I'll try to <clears> – <throat> I'll set this up in such a way that may may help us out. It's going to be similar to the cereal conversation where we talked about the continuum of cereals and on one end it's like awesome sugary cereals and on the other end it's shitty <coughs> like uh oatmeal you know what i mean where it's yeah. good for you and not very tasty um and and i kind of see that um customer service not in the in the light of me as the customer okay and on one end i'm like the very assertive know my rights customer yeah and like i'm gonna get the best uh, deal for me in the best situation, um, and on the other end is um, is usually where I stay, um, the <clears throat> quiet and I, I'm too scared of confrontation to say anything at all, um, and and I don't feel like I can. Okay, so well I'll just get into it. If if I go to a restaurant, 
and my order comes to the table wrong, yeah, I've, I've never sent it back. No, I haven't either. I've just quietly eaten my food and, and gone away. Um, I have never complained to a manager about anything, um, which I think is, you know, you've got, you're working your way from one end to the other in sending food back. And then I think the next step is wanting to talk to a manager. Yeah. Um, however, <clears throat> and I don't know where it lies, and you guys can maybe add something to this, but um, calling calling a phone number yeah. in regards to your experience as a customer, either whether it be like fast food or like if you've ever called the, uh, you know, the trucking company from the phone number on the back of the truck, you know, or, or you know, like how's my driving or anything like that. I've done that once, and I was so enraged. Um, I don't even want to talk about it <laughs> because it, it's not even that cool. But um, but I've I've done it once where I've called the the hotline, the customer service hotline, and complained because the fact that I've never sent feedback, the fact that I've never ta- asked to talk to a manager, um, obviously the situation was pretty bad for me to call a phone number and um, and I actually called the phone number while I was at the store. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't going to leave the store until I had talked to somebody on the phone because I didn't want to not have some sort of information. Because I remember one time I did call about a truck that had driven me off the road, you know? Yeah. And they were like, well, what's the truck's license plate? And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? I'm, I'm out of there. I'm on the interstate. So I wanted to make sure that I had all the information I needed before I left the store. And I got a bunch of coupons mailed to me in the mail. But there, I've got friends that... I've got one friend that got free cable for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Because they called and they were like, I'm switching to the satellite and I'm pissed and all this kind of stuff, you know, and went on and on and on and basically made somebody else's life so miserable that they wound <laughs> up getting, you know, just to get off the phone, the customer service rep gave them, you know, all these these perks, all these types of cable options for an extended amount of time for free. And I'm sitting there thinking, I could probably do that. I mean, obviously, you could do that. You could just call and be an asshole. But, like, it's not in me to be an asshole in order to get free shit. Yeah. Um, and- I, I, yeah, I have a very defined, like, I I'm, I tend to fight for my rights if I feel like somebody's doing me wrong. But it, it usually does not involve being at a restaurant because I'm very sympathetic to people that work in the – in that industry, you know, because you have to put up with a lot of crap. Right. Uh, and, it, and it's very like if you're with somebody who's like that, who is the kind of person to like send something back, it, yeah. it gets really awkward really quick. Real quick. Um, but I don't know. But I but I have totally blown my stack on the telephone at people, um, at customer service lines. Um. It seems like customer service lines are often manned by idiots reading out of a book, you know, and yeah. I, I can't put up with that at a certain point. I just I just lose it. But anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt your story there. No, it's fine. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's just like where do you draw the line between being rude and like getting what you should be getting as a customer? Well, you know, it, somebody told me once if you don't ask for something, you'll never get it. Right. You know? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. So, and there's a fine line between being an ass to this person, this person who is not making very much money as a customer service rep, and you know, getting what you need to out of a company. The angry um, wheel gets the free cable. Yeah. <laughs> the angry wheel. Well, well, so where are you at? 
um, Fast Ed on this on this contingent. I was uh, an I, was, I was writing. I was I was I was kind of thinking about this this topic, and it and it took me to some kind of dark places. I'm sorry, it's not very light for your for your program. No, it's yeah, fine, man. <laughs> bring it bring it home. Um, I I can speak to this because uh, at, at the at uh, at the financial institution I used to work at. Um, one of the things that I wrote there were um, scripts for oh. service. Yeah, and, you know, you would get a, a a project to come through that was a, you were writing for a specific situation, and you had to write every. You know, the, there's only a certain you can only write in a number a certain number of solutions, and right. you have to elevate it. But you know, you you try to write in as many of the likely ones as you can. And the person on reading that script couldn't do anything but that. So I think the real, you know, customer service, uh, you know, kind of, it's about it's about power, and that really neither person on the phone on either side of the phone has any power, and so they're, you know, they're kind of angry and pissed off. Like, as a customer, you know, I sometimes realize that I'm I'm just kind of yelling just to yell, like at the power company, like they're never going to do anything. Right. Uh, and then sometimes the person on the other phone, on the, you know, they just there's nothing they can do. So you know, really, uh, sometimes it puts me. I kind of find myself uh, staring into the you know over the abyss. I'm kind of put face to face with you know, like when you just start to get angry and you kind of are deciding on how how much how much you're going to let go on these people. Sometimes <laughs> I you know, yeah. Try to, yeah. try to remind yourself that you know they're not personally responsible for your problem, but at the other on the other hand, like kind of part of their job is to just get berated, and I mean they're trained for it, and you're not you're not going to really hurt their feelings. So let you guys let fly; it doesn't bother them. I mean, but that's on the phone. But what if you're live and in person, like? Um, I'm a lot more bold on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm a coward in person. Right. No, I, I, I've blown up before. I've blown up in person. The thing is, once you hit a certain point, you, you no longer uh, help your point. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like you, you hit a certain spot where you're like shouting and throwing things, and then they're calling the police on you. So you're not helping your situation, you know? Well, well then you're was- just trying to put on a good show for the other people around you and like let them get behind your cause. Yeah, you may as well buy into it. I mean, that's the that same thing as like in the theater. You know, if you have a line that you that you're scared to do because you're scared of the reaction, you, you've got to buy in. The more you buy it, the more it sells. You know what I mean? So like, if you're gonna be pissed, you may as well really go all out. You know, especially well, if, if I, I've got kind of a good story of that. I I I had to go get our Christmas tree one year um, at like Home Depot or something. Yeah. And um, it was it was busy. It was really busy there. But they had like they were totally disorganized on how you checked out. And so I got this tree, and I was trying to find out what price it was. And so I asked everybody that worked in there what the price was on the tree, and they were all pointing me to somebody else. And so this went on for like forever, like seriously ten minutes or something, you know. And like I'm just trying to buy this fucking Christmas tree, and I got so enraged that I threw the Christmas tree across the lot. <laughs> And immediately, immediately, a manager came up and said, "Hey, I'll check you out over here, sir." What? How how big was this tree that you could throw it across the lot? I mean, what, were you buying a tree for your cats? No, no, we get. I mean, it's, it was like a seven foot Christmas tree or something. It was just they're not just, that they're not that heavy, David. Age. 
they're not that heavy, especially when you have yeah, when you have you have rage on your side. I was taking steroids out. back then too. So. Oh, okay. You were, doing a, you were doing a cycle. I heaved it though. I heaved it. It just it, it flew in an arc, and it because kind of went in slow motion, you know. And everybody on the lot turned and looked, and watched it fly across the lot. Did you throw it trunk in first or star in first? Trunk in first. Trunk in. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't pre-decorated. So. <laughs> right, but you know, I mean. Yeah, I, know. Threw, I threw the trunk in first. I so mean, I'm saying nice. it probably has a better arc if you throw a trunk in first because if right. you throw star in first, it's gonna. That's not very aerodynamic. All those needles are gonna slow it down. It, it was one of the, yeah. First. It was. It was one of those moments where after I did it, I was like, as it was leaving my hands, I was like, oh my god, what have I done? Yeah. That oh, actually no. that helps out. My buddy, uh, well, Grizzles was talking about. We were out on the uh, on the go- disc golf course, and he had had a meltdown on one of the holes. You know, he's doing real bad, and he kicked his bag. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things where, like, if somebody does something like that, I get scared. I'm yeah. like, whoa, hold on now, because we sh- as adults we should have control over our you know behavior. And uh, and he he explained this philosophy <clears throat> behind it. Which is that he's not – I mean, he does it, yeah, because he's pissed. But as soon as he kicks his bag, he is full of shame. And that yeah, rage right. is no longer there. It you know? diffuses the situation, yeah. Yeah, and I had always been scared to do something like that because I don't like – you know, I don't like outbursts, even in myself or especially in myself. And and so just a couple of days ago, I kicked the shit out of my bag, and I immediately was filled with that same shame. Yeah, and, that's uh, shame. And walked away fine. So I guess there's something to be said for that. I tell you, the power company and the cable company are really terrible to deal with on anything. Um, it's, I think Eddie said this a minute ago about the power company. One time I had to get my uh, my power turned on in my apartment that I was moving into, and I had scheduled it weeks ahead of time, and I double-checked it and everything. And then on the day of it, they said, oh, we don't have it scheduled, so it's going to be a week before we can turn it on, the power on. That's like a week. You know, like, I could stand a day or two, but a week? What am I going to do? Sit in my apartment in the dark? And I got in this argument with this woman, and I was like, finally was like, uh, is the customer always right at such and such power? And she was like, uh, I don't know how to answer that. And I just kept asking it over and over again, is the customer always right? And she's like, um, I don't know how to answer that, sir. And I said, well, you should ask your, uh, your manager if the customer is always right. And so she went and asked her manager and came back and said, yes, the customer is always right at such and such power. When would you like your power turned on? And I was like, how about in a couple hours? And they came out and did it. hey Well done. Nice. Yeah. That's a victory. That's a, ri- that's a victory. <laughs> and I didn't, lo- I didn't lose my cool that time. I just was calm the whole time, you know. And granted, I was kind of an asshole, but I wasn't yelling at least. But After being at the hotel, I have a whole new appreciation of the other end of the stick. Right, if you're on the inside of it, you you definitely, I'm sure, I, I, I try to have sympathy towards people. But but that's another thing. Like, I didn't realize things could be negotiated until later on in life, you know, for myself. Like, if you go to any hotel, you can talk them down from the first price they give you. Right. Guaranteed. I didn't know that until I worked at a hotel. You know, I didn't know that people were looking at different rates. I just assumed I, t- you know, and I took it for face value. It's know? like when you fly, man. The t- that ticket agent at the counter has all the power in the world to you could they can make you the pilot of the plane. If they want you. <laughs> you know, like seriously, if you get one that's like on your side, they'll hook you up. Like, but <laughs> uh, this 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 is this conversation is turning into what what could be a really uh, profitable self help tape. Negotiate your way through life. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can cite specific examples. Yeah. Here's an example. Ask if the customer is always right. <laughs> um, another funny, uh, 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 kind of a funny story about the uh, about uh, having customer service at a restaurant. One time, a big group of us were out and at uh, Outback, and my favorite thing to get at Outback is the filet, the filet mignon. And uh, so my good. buddy, Kurt, my buddy Kurt was with us, and he got the filet too. And um, his filet came out. Mine came out, and it was perfect. It looked just beautiful. And his came out, and it was this thin little thing, you know. And a fillet is supposed to be thick. Yeah. And so it was this like thin little piece of meat, and I, we like everybody at the table was like, "Kurt, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's a fillet." And he was like, "I don't know. It's good, so I'm eating it." And so <laughs> we got in this big discussion where everybody was debating whether it was a fillet or not, and Kurt didn't really care whether it was a fillet or not, but we were all like, uh, "It's not a fillet. It's definitely not. It's not big enough to be a fillet." And so I knew one of the waiters there, so I called him over to the table and I said, "Is this a fillet or not?" And he like looked at it for a while and he was like, "Uh, I don't know if that's a fillet. It doesn't look like a fillet." And so the whole time Kurt is saying, nah, "It doesn't matter if it's a fillet or not. I don't care." <laughs> and then the 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 waiter went in the back and came back out and said, "The cook wants to see the fillet." <laughs> so he took the fillet from Kurt. Like Kurt's got his knife and fork in his hands, and he takes it out, takes it in the back, shows him the fillet, brings it back out, and he's like, "The cook says he's been cooking for 20 years. That's definitely a fillet." Well, at this point, the manager has noticed that all this commotion's going on, and he starts kind of hovering near the table to try to find out what's going on, like a boss, right? Like a boss. <laughs> and so he, he comes rolling over and he's like, "Sir, I, I I I hear that you have a problem with your meal." And Kurt's like, "No, I don't have a problem. It's it's fine. I, I'm enjoying it." And he's like, "Well, no. If you have a problem, you need to let us know." And he's like, "No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine." And, and the guy's like, "Well, sir, I want to offer you. By this time, the fillet is almost gone. <laughs> seen so much of it. He's like, I, I'd like to offer you a free dessert for your trouble." And Kurt's like, "No, no. You don't need to offer me a free dessert. It's fine. I don't I don't want anything." And uh, Kurt takes a sip of his water, and right when the guy says, uh, yeah, I'd really want to do this, Kurt slams his water down on the table, but he had just it kind of slipped out of his hand, and the, the manager thought he was pitching a fit, and so he got his whole meal for free. <laughs> and, and at no point in time did he really have a problem with the not filet. We, everybody at the table had a big problem with it. We were really worried about Kurt's experience at the Outback and and he wound up getting getting the free. Boy, I just I just try to wonder what's going through that cook's head. You know, like I've been cooking for twenty years, seventeen at the Waffle House, and I move my way up here to the to the Outback. It's just fucking fillet. Well, it's funny that he was so defensive about it because Kurt didn't care, you know. And he's like, this guy, Kurt has offended this man's cooking. And that goes into the other. There's another thing there is that. Similar to if you're pissed and you got to buy into it, it's when you know you're lying and somebody just just a little question and you have to make that lie that much more believable. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, and it's ha- I mean, it happened to me a lot when I was younger, but but there's some people that still do it today, you know. And you're like, really? That just you really did that? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, I mean, what do you mean? What did, did I really do that? Of course I did that. You know, yeah. it's like you mean like, oh, uh, this TV just stopped working, and they're like, well, why is there seaweed and water in it? <laughs> and you're like, uh, I don't know. I, it wasn't like that yesterday. Uh, 
right. lies. Some people are dishonest. What you got? You got anything else, Eddie, for us on the topic? I was just I was just thinking, uh, David. I don't know if you know this, but I worked in the banquet department at, at a hotel in Charleston for like for five years in college. We should uh, we should do some hotel stories sometime. <laughs> uh, you don't work at yours anymore, do you? No, I don't. Yeah, so that could be really good. Yeah, right. But so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the good thing is. It, um, yeah, well, I mean, that that just you know, I remember there was a when I first started working there. And I was a punk kid. Uh, I was like way too cool to be, you know, a banquet server. But I was a banquet server, so it yeah. doesn't work. And uh, <laughs> it was just I just had a bad attitude about it. And I remember one time I was serving lunch, and I just I was I was it was a plated lunch, and it was a hot meal, and uh, you know it was they were gonna go into a conference afterwards, and I just dropped the plate, just kind of flopped right out of my hands <laughs> directly into this guy's lap. And uh, I, I I just ran. I didn't say anything. I just ran into the kitchen <laughs> because I was laughing, and uh, you know, I knew I was gonna just you know I, I wasn't. I, I knew I wasn't gonna react in the right way. Right. So you removed so I, I yourself from the avoid situation. It and I, I sent the manager out there, and you know he, he took care of it. And the guy the guy actually was pretty cool about it. I think they uh you know they hooked him up with some free dry cleaning or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but then I got pretty serious about work because I needed to get, uh, you know, I needed to get, to, uh, get a raise. So I started really getting into, uh, you know, being able to, to serve a customer. And even though when I was, even when I was trying really hard, sometimes something would go wrong and you just get, you just get somebody who, who you, you thought, you think, you kind of get the impression they know that if they complain enough that they're going to get, you know, that, you know, somebody's going to give them something just to shut them up. I guess they, they yeah. took, uh, they took you guys as a seminar. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's people out there. They game the system. They do. They really do. That that happened. <clears throat> um, that was, and this I guess will be the last little hotel story I have. But I actually I got into that too. You know, when I started the hotel, I was like, whatever. You know, and then I got to the point where I was like reading these requests that people had made for like what type of room they would like and everything like this. And there was a family coming in. And they wanted um, adjoining rooms, but they also wanted, like, specific types of rooms that we didn't have any rooms that were adjoining. One, they wanted one king bed and one that was two double beds because it was, a you know, a set of parents and their two kids that were too old to sleep in the bed together, you know. And um, and we didn't have any that There's were no adjoining. no such age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, – I wound up getting them rooms across the hall from each other, and I had to, like, move other people out of the rooms. Like, they, they had been assigned the rooms. So I wasn't moving people actually out of rooms that were already in rooms. I was moving people out of rooms that were going to be showing up that day, you know. Whatever. It took, like, 20 minutes for me to fix this thing so that it would be as good as possible um, for them. But they weren't going to get what they had originally asked for, which was adjoining rooms. But the thing is, is that... <clears throat> The hotel policy is that they don't guarantee room reservations. You know, they don't guarantee adjoining rooms. They don't guarantee floors or anything like that. And so I was going above and beyond. Yeah. But the person showed up, and the whole family was there, and the mom was like, oh, it's fine. You know, we'll be happy with this. And and then she goes up to the room, and I don't know what happened because she comes back down, 
and all of a sudden she's just livid. She's pissed, you know. She's like, well, we asked for this, and we're not getting what we asked for, and, you know, we were told and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, and you can't be like, no, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) And um, long story short, she wound up causing such a ruckus, you know, that like, um, I mean, she, it was amazing because she was originally like, it's cool. And like everybody else in the family, the, the daughter, the son and the husband, they were all full of shame. They were so embarrassed that she was doing this to me because it was just me standing there just like, are you serious? You know, like I was like, there's nothing I can do. The hotel was booked up, you know, there was no other way to do it. And I was like, I can give you these adjoining rooms, but that's two rooms with king beds. Or I can give you these two rooms across the hall from each other and you get the types of beds that you want. It's up to you. And she, nothing was pleasing her. Nothing was good enough. And so um, they had left. They were like, you're going to need to fix this problem before we come back. And, um, and luckily, my shift ended before they came back. <laughs> the next shift inherited the they problem. Didn't count on that. <laughs> no, they didn't. Really won That's there. Another good so thing. This, I think, this all raises an issue, and that is: Do you think people who game the customer service system kind of make customer service worse for everybody? Like the way you know they're they're taking advantage of the system that mean, makes it harder for. For those people who don't game and have who have legitimate complaints, is there a danger there in gaming, or should you just game game it to the max? I think I mean yeah, I think it does. I mean, there's problems on both sides because companies more and more want to basically cheat you out of whatever they can because they don't want to provide you customer service, and then you've got these people on the other side end of the spectrum that are trying to cheat the companies out of whatever they can, and so that causes the companies to want to pull back more, you know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I've had some experience through customer service by basically being a sales rep of sorts in the kayaking industry. And and people, there's people out there that like kayaks, there's a point where you're just going to break a kayak. You know, if you go off a waterfall and land on a rock, it's just going to break. <laughs> and the kayak companies are so small that they can't they can't warranty every boat that breaks based on user fault, you know? <laughs> and... When people complain like that, it causes those companies I've seen firsthand to pull back and like say, "Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna be as like receptive to customer requests," you know. So what I think it they does complain come- about uh, racist boat names. I don't know what they would do in that situation. <laughs> we'll we'll so the the tr- time will tell on that one. I um I don't know. I mean, like I say, I'm a, I'm all the way on one end of the spectrum, you know, to where like. If if I've got a pro, I mean, I'm, I do my best. I mean, I took my cues from my dad, who's like, he will roll in anywhere and make that sales rep his best friend. Right. You know, and he's not he's not trying to gain. He's not even trying to get a better deal. He's just trying to brighten somebody's day. Yeah. And whereas I don't always, I'm not always like I'm. I guess because uh, McKinsey has told me before that I'm rude, you know. But I'm. I'm rude to the point where, like, I'm trying not to be a nuisance to you. Yeah. So I'm trying to let you go do your thing, and and don't and don't worry about having to deal with me too much because I'm going to be happy no matter what. You know, I didn't come right. here for you to serve me so much as I came here because I wanted to come here on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but I mean, but if it's somebody that you know that looks like they they have to deal with some bullshit all the time. Then I'm trying to be nice, and so I don't really think that people that game the system make it harder for me, um, yeah. because 
it's really up to me and how I'm handling the situation and whether or not, you know, that person had a good night the night before, you know. I did, however, <clears throat> this was another, this was a small victory for me in trying to be nice and matter of fact <laughs> and everything. Um, McKinsey um, smokes a very specific type of cigarette and uh, um, you have to go to, you know, stores that sell that brand. It's a, you know, they're American spirit cigarettes and you can't get them just anywhere. But there's this um, little market. Uh, near where we live that, you know, it's just like a market, you know, I mean, it's one of, it doesn't sell gas, not a gas station, sells lots of magazines and all, you know, like hundreds of types of beers and drinks and food and tobacco products. And they got all the tobacco products you could hope for. And, um, and they have these signs on the door and a sign on the countertop that says American spirit gift certificates honored here. And she and she had registered online to receive two ten dollar gift certificates from American Spirit because I guess all you have to do is say, you know, whatever. You just fill out some survey and you get these ten dollar off cards. And she took one in to the store, and the guy was like, "Yeah, we don't have a contract with them. We don't actually honor those." <laughs> and um, so she got pissed, um, but that didn't do anything for the guy, you know. And he was just like just real rude to her and was like, no, we're not going to take that. You can buy them or not. And um, so she rolled out and she was pissed. And then a week later, um, she because she buys them by the cart and she had asked me to go in for her and, and see if I couldn't get that card honored. And I had a line of people behind me, which always helps. Right. Um, and I give him the gift card. I'm like, I need a carton of these, whatever, whatever. And he's like, oh, we don't actually accept those. We don't have a contract with them to honor that and I look at him and I look down at the counter and I point my finger to the thing that says we honor those here and I say but it says right here that you do he says well we don't and I look behind me and everybody crowds up to the countertop and they all look at the thing they're like it says it right there buddy you better <laughs> honor it <laughs> so it was that this little mom mentality the fear of looting the store that he gave me the $10 off so get killed for cheaper Legit. <laughs> it was an awesome story. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Wow. Well, on a positive tip, we've all had experience in customer service through our work at camp. Because working at a summer camp is all about customer service. You're dealing with parents frequently, and you're trying to solve problems for your campers and stuff. And uh, it is a nice feeling when you can solve a problem for somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that... I got hit by an arrow. <laughs> you got hit by an arrow? Is it? Um, you know, I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't know if we want to take it in this direction, but I think. I think one thing to be optimistic about uh, about cor- customer services, um, and I, you guys may have experienced this already, is uh, it's kind of businesses are starting to realize the value of uh, you know listening, and it's it's kind of demonstrated in some pretty, you know, publicly uh, visible, you know, forums. But, I mean, for instance, have you guys ever been on Twitter or something and mentioned a brand name and then and then gotten a response from that that brand? Has that happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I complained about my local, uh, my local Lowe's Foods, 
And then all of a sudden, the Lowe's Foods Skynet started following me, and they they said some. They made they actually made a smart ass comment towards me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I think it's still it's kind of primitive in that like they you know obviously they're just they're just scanning and they don't really you know there's they don't really do much like especially <laughs> if you say something bad and then they're like all of a sudden they're following you. Yeah. yeah. Is that a threat? Like, <laughs> threat? Is that a threat or do you just not even <laughs> listen to what I said? Yeah. I, if I say something sucks, I'll often say, I dare you to follow me. <laughs> or, I feel bad. I mean, like, I'm sorry, Comcast Katie. I mean, it's much easier for me to speak file <laughs> it. It's just Comcast. And, you know, they're they're putting like a – they're personifying it. And it's making me feel bad. Yeah. I um I actually the uh, – I can't say it. I'm too scared to say it. Well, this is – here's one last question, Okay. And I don't know if it goes into customer service or not, but it, it made me think about it. It's uh, it's Christmas morning, and everybody's sitting around the tree opening their gifts. And, yeah. um, and you open a gift, and you know it's a, a box that has clothes in it. Yeah. And you open it, and you pull up the shirt, you know, and you, you like, look at it, and you turn it around because everybody wants to see it. And, uh, and it's the ugliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah. And it's really not your style, and it makes you wonder what that person thinks about you, that they got you that. And they say, well, we've got the receipt. You can take it back if you want to. What do you say? You just kind of make a sound and don't even use a word. Have you ever taken a Christmas present back? I have, yeah. Yeah? I have. I, I, I don't really have too many – My. I don't have too many people giving me ugly clothes, though. Yeah. Usually it's something that doesn't fit. Right. It's easier if it doesn't fit. Then you go, oh, it doesn't fit. Oh, they didn't have any more when I took it back, so I just got the money. <laughs> Bought video games with it. What about you, Eddie? Have you ever taken a gift back? No, not, I mean, not uh, clothes, not that I can remember. I think, uh, you know, this is bad, but usually uh, it would just... Uh, Sit in the closet until it was time to give it to Goodwill. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I mean that's why I'm asking because, yeah, almost, <laughs> almost without exception, every article of clothing I've gotten during the holiday season has gone to Goodwill about three years later. <laughs> for some reason, nobody can shop for me, and I think it's because I don't know. I don't know why, but um, I'd rather take clothes out. Of- my dad's closet where I'm God, I've, I've seen some of the clothes that you do wear <laughs> question what you've been given that you won't wear uh, I get given like you know like American Eagle button down shirts and stuff like that the first thing that came to mind is, is one of those old Baja rug Bajas and you actually have one of those that you like <laughs> so, oh it's a Baja I heard everybody's wearing these in my <laughs> Oh yeah! Everybody's uh, wearing I, these twenty years ago. To be uh, honest with you, I think I actually finally gave that back, but I did wear it with pride once. That one time, I I enjoyed the spoils of your gift receiving because I got a shirt from you that was pretty hype when I came to visit you in, in April. Yeah. Do you know my favorite thing about a Baja is? What? The, the fact that the drawstrings, yeah. The what? The drawstrings on the hood. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone's ever used those in any way to like secure well, yourself further into the Baja. If you're wearing it in a snowstorm, you might want to pull it around. No, the drawstrings don't actually work. No, you got a cheap one on the re- on the actual ones. They do work. 
<laughs> I've had one that does work. On the nice ones that we got back when they were actually in style. For Come about on, you're talking shit to me about my Baja, but you're saying you actually have one too? I, well, the, back when they were cool, I had one. They were cool for about six months in 1988, and yeah, I had I was, one during that time. I had one a few years after that. Fashion is cyclical. a little bit behind the times. It's going to come back. And then I washed it and then put it in the dryer, and the one thing you can't do to Baja is put it in the dryer. No, yeah. and it came out the size of a cat. <laughs> that was the end of the Baja. You give yeah. it to your fucking 12-year-old nephew. It fits in perfectly. Yeah. I, I think I bought it at the state fair, and it always smelled like <laughs> livestock. <laughs> and cotton candy. Yeah. And a goldfish. Uh, wow. Well, um, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything more on that. Um, so I think, I mean, we got enough to go on because we got these questions. And we got, like, crab <clears throat> bags, right? Yeah. So... Let's lead into um, – we'll have uh, Fast Ed kick off What's the Hype. All right. We usually well, start with what you've been listening to. Well, okay. So right. how about what's what you've been listening to, Fast Eddie? Well, it's kind of a long story really. Maybe I've, yep. maybe I've told you. Well, we're, we're only – what? We've only recorded for like 45 minutes or something like but, uh, that? Yeah. It's you not know, I think – so up the punch. You know, I used to I used to, I used to tour – I used to do that whole thing in college, and I was I was real big into the into the widespread panic as, as, <laughs> as we've run into each other. Yeah, yeah. and then we, I got we, to we a mentioned point. that last episode. You should listen to it. Yeah, I just uh, wasn't uh, you know I just I, I real I got to a point where I just wasn't really having fun at the shows anymore, or not you know not like for all the trouble I was going to to go see them. And then my last one, I was in Atlanta, and I was like, you know what? This is my last show. I'm over this. It was at the Fox Theater. And so I just went back to the hotel room and, like, got a got a vegan veggie burrito from the lot. I got two of them and just took them back to the hotel room with me. And, like, I'm, I'm dozing off and I get a, a knock on the door and it's uh, it's from the poli- – it's, it's a policeman and the hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> and my roommates are all gone. And, like, the only times I'd seen them were when they climbed out our window to get up on the roof about an hour before that. <laughs> and, uh – yeah, so they they're like searching the room, and um, we all ended up getting handcuffed in the lobby of this hotel with like people, you know, and just made an, they just totally made an example out of us, just booting us out of the hotel. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was the last show I went to. So you guys were like uh, the Plaxico Burris of the widespread yeah, panic, too. Much. Yeah. So right. I just I knew I knew I needed a to make a a, a sharp turn in my musical direction and I just kind of came across, <laughs> uh, came across Iron Maiden and it, and it's 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 I've just been enjoying them uh, constantly <laughs> ever since. I, How long I, ago was the Fox Theater in Atlanta? Like 2006. Okay, so for three years now you've just been strictly listening to Iron Maiden, like. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I support Iron Maiden over widespread panic any day. That's so. uh well, it, you know, that's that's kind of channel 1. On channel 2, um <laughs> I've been getting into like uh I've been listening to a lot of Roxy music and like just kind of uh what it really is is I've I've really taken the uh, I only love their old stuff, I only like their old stuff mentality. I've really applied that to every area of my life. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, just to, I'm just like going out of my way to listen to obscure things from the '70s. So, um, you know, the other day you tweeted, uh, "I'm listening to Steely Dan and and going against my Southern heritage," and I was like, "You know what? I've got to get the greatest hits of Steely Dan right now." 
I got to hear dirty work. I also, you know, I, I bought a I bought an MP3 player that had 30 gigs on it, and uh, you know, I filled it up with everything I could think of, and I was like eight gigs, and so I've I've really had to very consciously uh, branch out, and I've I've discovered some pretty pretty good stuff along the way. Um, if if I've never listened to Iron Maiden before in my life, obviously hypothetical. <laughs> And um, yeah, right. And, and I was thinking about maybe listening to some Iron Maiden because this guest host, Fast Eddie, is talking about how good they are. What would be the 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 CD that I would start out with? You want to listen to uh, Live After Death, which is a uh, compilation of the four nights they performed uh, in October in uh, in Long Beach Arena in California. And it, and it captures them live. And I actually, I got to see Maiden live last summer. And the tour they were doing, they were doing that that live after death tour, mm-hmm. just 25 years later. So it was the same set, same song. You know, it was, it was only their old stuff, which I, which is what I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he they they put on their whole show, and there's no set break, and there's no, you know, I mean, he just they just they put on the most amazing show I've ever seen and they just power through their whole set, you know, four song encore. And then it's, and it's over in like, you know, it's over in like less than two hours, but uh, yeah. it was a lot of bang played. for our buck. Yeah. So the lot, yeah. Check them out live and then you'll, you'll feel it. See, that's, that's straight for, uh, for our buddy Clave. Yeah. Clave, you know, Clave is going to go download some Iron Maiden now. Yeah. Learn something too. They write songs. They don't write songs about feelings. They write songs about uh, old TV shows or historical events. Nonfiction music. Yeah, pretty much. Creative you know, nonfiction. Yeah. Alexander the Great. It's a you know there's a there's a lesson. It's like drunk history. <laughs> yeah, it's like drunk so. history. Nice. So do you have a channel three or is it just channel one, channel two? Channel two is uh, I've been listening to a lot of a lot of Clash. I've been just really getting <clears> to that, and that that has uh, branched off into. Uh, like the a lot of '60s ska from Jamaica. I've really been, really been kind of, just like half, like you know, like a, a a fifth of my MP3 players Iron Maiden, and then like, you know, a third of it is all these these uh kind of yeah these old ska songs from the '60s. Uh, and that's just a really just a great great thing to listen to, and you're just kind of riding around in your car, which I I I, I do a lot. Just rolling, slow. Just rolling, you know. <laughs> Going from going from here to there, yeah. In the backseat of the caddy, chopping up the do or die. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> do you want to ride with me? Popimps, go check them out. Yeah, and then uh, okay. you know, I'm not I'm not exactly with the times, but I I, I can say that contemporary uh, music wise, I've been listening to a lot of Sean Kingston's uh, Fire Burning. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, me neither. I need to. You guys, you guys haven't heard that song? No. No. The song of the summer. Oh well, I should have got on that. I wish you had, because I, I really, I had a little, I had some, I had, I had some shtick about one of the lyrics. I just Hold thought, on, I'm you, going got, to, you can hit us with some shtick. I'm sure that all of our listeners are more hip to modern music than we well, are. Well, I think it's, you know, it, it's <clears> it's a it's a testament to how unhip I am, or I mean, I guess this happens to everybody, but uh, I just. He uses the, vocabulary. The the word that he uses vocabulary. It's called uh, fire burning. Okay. Maybe even parentheses on the dance floor. That that is what the the fire refers to. Whoa. 
Uh, but yeah, there's a line where he's like, something, 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 Shorty's dropping that birthday cake. And birthday cake is a pretty obscure, or it's pretty obtuse, I think, as far as what's referring <laughs> dropping to. Dropping like, that birthday cake? <laughs> you know, I, I have a pretty good idea. I know, I know what that means, but that's a couple of like logical steps away from, from its antecedent, <laughs> if you will. And I mean, is he is he doing that? Uh, what happened? You just made you just made Maria really happy. <laughs> Do we need to take a break? <laughs> you, you gonna be okay? It's <laughs> a vocabulary joke. It was a major. It wasn't. It wasn't just that. I mean, it was the majority of that. But as he started into it, I pulled up on YouTube the music video, and as he, <laughs> the guy is not. He looks like he enjoys birthday cake. Yeah, that's why it's confusing. <laughs> oh, did he do a cover of some Led Zeppelin song at some point in time? I, I don't know. I swear he did. He did. He did like a dance hall version of of some Led Zeppelin song. He had another song that was popular last summer, summer before last. Continue. So my my larger problem, uh, you know, in, in summary, is that uh, I, I don't really know. It's much easier for me to access older music because it has, you know, I can get like recommended and you know I can read about it than it is for me to access new music. I don't really have a, I don't really have an uh, a source for for like new music because I don't listen to the radio. Yeah. So, uh, other, you know, I just keep my MP3 player on and. I don't well, know. I, got some, I feel I like got I'm sure I'm missing music. out on some good stuff. I just uh, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know where to get it. No, it's true. It's I mean, it, we're at that point now where it's like the next step to finding new music is going to be having kids and saying it sounds like shit. You know, Back in my like, day, we yeah. listen to good stuff. We listen to real music. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know because I don't even, like, if I turn on the TV, I remember back in the day, like, the first channel I went to was MTV. <coughs> you know, because even though they weren't playing too much music anymore, they still had, like, TRL or something, you know? Um, and I would know what was what was hot, um, but not anymore. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. Though. I had listened to the radio the other day, and I was I felt dirty afterwards because my iPod was broken. And I, was, I just felt bad. We were uh, we were listening to it was like uh, All Things Considered yesterday or something, and they were they were they had a feature about the songs of the summer, and mm-hmm. I realized I hadn't heard any of them, and and they were you know they were you know they were um, so you know they were so ubiquitous that uh, you know they were even talking them about them on on you know on NPR and yeah. had heard, hadn't heard it once. Yeah, Not even in a commercial, I don't think. So I'm sure that fire burning song is probably from like it's probably from like summer '08. Yeah, <laughs> that I, the last time I heard them talking about a song in the summer was when <coughs> Nelly had the song in the summer. I can't even remember what the song was. Nelly or Belly? Nelly. Nelly. Belly. It's 1994. Yeah. <laughs> Feed the trees. 
Yeah, that's a great <laughs> album. <laughs> so what have you been listening to, Jega? Um, I got some new stuff. Well, actually, I got some old stuff. For I got three things. First, I've been listening to some Digital Underground. I've been getting back into them. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know them, you know one of their songs, the uh, Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Popular classic hip-hop song. But Digital Underground are are much more than just that song. Um, the, the main dude, Humpty Nose, who is also <laughs> known as Shock G as his other personality, he, he's like a really talented musician and plays a lot of different instruments. And um, they've been around for like a long time, and their albums are really good. They also, uh, Tupac actually got his start as a backup dancer for them. Um, if you look at some of their old videos, it's got Tupac doing the Cabbage Patch in the background. <laughs> um, and Shock G actually produced Tupac's first album. But um, it's all kind of like, I don't know, it's like hippie rap, weird stuff. He, he I don't know. You just have to check it out. But Are you more likely to consider somebody a good or a talented musician if they can play five instruments all right or if they can play one instrument really well? Um, I don't know. I have a, I mean, I have a, an appreciation of people that can play more than one instrument. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, I do like I, people that are really good at their, at their one instrument. Like I have a great appreciation for that, but I mean, like my buddy P-Dog, he can play, he's awesome on the piano, but he can play so many other instruments as well. And I can't play any instruments, so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I, what do you yes. think, Eddie? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think, you know, and this kind of, I think this is how you bridge the gap between jam bands and, and, and metal, and that is the musicianship. And, and that's kind of one of the things I admire most about, uh, about Maiden, and really about anybody, anything I listen to, I kind of tend to gravitate towards things where that musicianship is really evident. Right. So even if it's like, you know, like Uriah Heep or something, you know, it's like some like really, really lame, uh, prog rock. You know, band. I mean, those guys are just, you know, they're masters of what they do. And I mean, even if they're doing something that's pretty weak, like, like, uh, for instance, yes, those guys are, <laughs> those guys are definitely soft. Yeah. Um, he, you know, the group, group recommended some yes last week, I think. Which was it last week that I said I was listening to yes, or had yeah. you already heard that? It was last, it was week before last. So, yeah, I had so. listening to them, and then I saw, I saw like a documentary of them on, uh, on VH1 Classic, and, yeah, they're just those guys. I just don't get it. If you if you can play the guitar that well, why wouldn't you rock out? Why would you be such a wuss? <laughs> yeah. Why would you play a lute? Would you, you play could. the <laughs> jam on the guitar? So uh, I guess that puts me in the camp of I like people who play one instrument very well, especially if it's not the lute. Yeah, right. Yeah. Lute well, you know, sucks. you know, Sting went uh, just a couple of years ago. He went to play the lute. And uh, and learned it and all this kind of stuff and it's just a loot album. Oh, that's like, terrible. Yeah. That sounds like something that Josh would do. <laughs> Learn. Didn't he play the lute? No, it was the mandolin. No, he played yeah, mandolin and band. Mandolin's a lot different than the lute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so I mean it, yeah. It's a loot will get you killed in Appalachia. <laughs> <laughs> and a mandolin will get your dick sucked behind the Ferris wheel at the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back on track, my uh, my other things I'm listening to are I've got a hipster two pack here, a little, little nice hipster double. Oh boy! Um, 
Radiohead, the new, the newish, the newish Radiohead song. I say newish because if I say it's the new Radiohead song, somebody will say incorrect. It's been out a month. Yeah, but uh, it's the new Radiohead song, Harry Patch in memory of, and it's it's the song that they wrote about the last surviving uh, veteran of World War One. It's awesome. You've have you heard the song, Eddie? I've heard I've heard the story. I think I do remember hearing that there was a song. I'm gonna I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm gonna look it up. So, they recorded the song. Out, time out, because yeah. both of you said that at the same time, and I didn't hear whether it was the last surviving what? World War One veteran in oh, England. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so the last surviving member of the of the trenches, you know, basically the battles yeah. in the trenches and everything. And um, this the guy, the last guy that could truly say, "I was in the trenches." Yeah, exactly. Now it's just a metaphor. And he saw some horrific things, and there was a documentary on him. And Tom York was watching it, and he wrote this song, and then the guy passed away right around the time they actually released this song. Like, the guy passed away, and then they released the song a week later, and I don't know if they planned it that way or they had him killed or what, but um, but it's a really good song. It's really cinematic. You can almost see the story unfold while it plays. It's got a lot of strings in it, and yeah. uh, it's really good. It costs one pound, which in American dollars is about a dollar twenty-five or something. $20. You can get off their website, so... Yeah, you should check that out. And the other thing I've been listening to is the new Modest Mouse EP. Yeah. Um, no One's First and You're Next. And a couple of these songs, uh, I've I've seen Modest Mouse live about three times over the past year and a half, once with you, Groove. Yep. And they've played a couple of the songs that are on this EP live um, at some of those shows. And... I think I hyped up one of the songs a few weeks ago, Guilty Cocker Spaniels, but it's it's a whole EP of like eight songs, seven songs. Really? And yeah, it's, it's it, a lot of it is uh, B-sides from the last album. We were dead before the ship even sank. Yeah, but I, I, I like it because Modest Mouse used to release singles a lot and just little EPs and stuff, and I think it's kind of cool for them to get back to doing some of their old stuff. Which is what I like, uh, but it's it's really good. I, I I think you should get it if you like Modest Mouse. You should check it out. Well, that jams. That's a great segue into what I've been listening to lately. I um, you know, I drove to Knoxville on Saturday, and I drove back on Sunday. And um, on Sunday, uh, you know, I what I did when I drove into Knoxville, I. Since my iPod's been, Mackenzie broke my iPod. I, I, I usually, if I'm driving for a long time now, I listen to, you know, I mean, I'll listen to podcasts instead of listening to music. Um, and I did that on the way in. I just burned a couple podcasts to CD and listened to them on the way in. But on the way back, I didn't have that. And um, I put in Philadelphonic, uh, G11 Special Sauce, um, Common Finding Forever, the yeah you know for me. Um, yeah. yeah, and I I can't remember what else, but I had put in six CDs, and the one that came up today, as I was driving home, I hadn't listened to it in a pretty long time, and I was realizing that whereas this used to be the music of the summer, it has recently become the music of the fall, and so this I have a feeling that this CD is going to stay in the CD player for a while. Um, it's actually two of them. Um, the other one's in Mackenzie's car that I just started listening to while I was driving her car around last week is Modest Mouse. And I put in We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank. So I'm only like four songs in right now um, yeah. because I was driving home. But um, 
but yeah, I was actually I was surprised because I kind of got off him for a while after that concert. I just just hadn't gotten around to listening to him. There's so many other things to listen to, um, but but they're they're a good band. And it's like as <clears throat> I don't really like to like indie bands so much, and not saying that they're totally indie, but they're. I mean, they the first time I heard the name of the band Modest Mouse, I thought, oh, these guys are going to be douchebags, right? Um, skinny jeans and you know haircuts it's, yeah it they've been embraced by the indie population but it's kind of unfair to consider them that because they're just kind of what they are right you know and they've they been around a, a long time a lot of really good i really like the lyrics the good lyrics yeah musicianship so i don't know if you listen to them fast dad at all maybe you know what i actually because of you guys i was uh i was reminded it was last week or the week before i'd started you know Looking them up on Rhapsody, I, I was reading about. You know, I saw that they had that new EP out, and I read a review on that. So I looked them up on Rhapsody, and then I was kind of just googling and and reading about the the lead singer who, uh, Joey. I remember you saying making some comment about he, how he's kind of nuts, and I was just reading about his like his upbringing and uh, what an untraditional, non traditional uh, childhood he had. And yeah. Yeah, so. dude's got some issues for sure, but he's pretty brilliant. So yeah, I'd queued up one of the albums. I just, for whatever reason, I either, you know, just didn't get around to listening to it. But which trying. album? Do you remember which album it was? Uh, I think I do not remember. Okay. I know no. it wasn't good news, and I know it wasn't uh, the We're We Were Dead. dead. I think yeah. I was trying to go back <laughs> farther than that. Yeah, obviously starting with their older stuff. That's a good yes, band. You like their um, old stuff. I, I, I highly recommend um, building nothing out of something. And I would recommend the Lonesome Crowded West. Yeah, those two those two work well together. Um, yeah. For sh- for show. Yeah. For show. We got a we got a long office day tomorrow. I've I've been off site and uh, it's just going to be Cal and me. And I've usually been trying to be pretty democratic about how you know try you know we're still kind of all getting to know each other. And so I've been trying to even though I'm I'm playing the music. I'm trying to be, you know, sensitive to everybody's needs, or you know, their their tastes. Yeah, yeah that's why that that uh, '60s ska. I mean, anybody can listen to that. It's just very, yeah. very upbeat. But uh, well, I will say, Modest Mouse. I did not like them at all when I first heard them, and I and those two albums were the first two albums I heard by them, the two that we just mentioned. Um, but it was kind of a slow burn, and then I just kind of really got into them. They're one of my favorite bands now, so. Yeah, and I don't usually like that. I mean, I don't like to the, to have to work to appreciate the music that I like. You know, I mean, I'd much rather put in a new CD and not know the band and be like, holy shit, this band's great and I enjoy them and I want to listen to more of them. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the case with Modest Mouse for me. I mean, I <clears throat> it was background music to start out with. And so yeah. luckily for me, when I first really tried to listen to them, um, I was already relatively familiar with what I was going to be getting. You know, so it was easier, but but I had to uh, I had to give it more than one chance. So yeah, but it's it's definitely worth putting the time in for them. Yeah, might be a, a modest mouse uh, morning, and I I think it's it's definitely rewarding when you hear something and you're not really crazy about it the first time, and then uh, you kind of start to really like it. Yeah, like you get a new CD and you kind of skip around, and then you start listening to more and more of the songs, and then by the end, you know, by the end, you like every song on the CD. Yeah. Right. It makes right. it kind of more worth it. You're yeah, like, oh, and it's like your favorite CD. Put some yeah. time right. in this. And, and I had actually um, chatted with, with Eddie about this because he consumes music in a different fashion than I do. And um, just explain a little bit about what you do, and, I, and I've got a question about 
about it. And I think we've talked about this. Yeah, well, ahead. I guess, you know, I was kind of uh, early on. I had, a, you know, my boss at the hotel was, you know, I guess I was considering getting an iPod. And, you know, I was like, okay, so iPod, I need to get iTunes. And my boss is like, well, I do this thing called Rhapsody. And it's uh, it's uh, different from iPod and, or, you know, it's different from my, uh, iTunes in, in a number of ways. And I didn't, you know, I just, I ended up getting it. And uh, the way it's different. Uh, and, and you know, I've actually never used iTunes. Um, but correct me, correct me if I'm, I'm getting this wrong. But my understanding is that iTunes is is based on charging you by the by for each song you download, and once you do, you you own it. Yeah. Right. And then, um, so the subscription service like Rhapsody, you don't. I guess you don't own the, your music. You're kind of subscribing to their library. Right. You kind of. To their, you know, their library of millions of songs. You kind of build your own library, and so for fifteen dollars a month, it's you know I can download and listen to unlimited music and transfer unlimited music to my, you know, my MP3 players. And uh, I just, you know, I guess, you know, I I just never saw, you know, I was I, I never I never saw how people uh, built up big iTunes libraries without you know spending all their their dough on it, and then I guess the, the answer I always get is people they are like, oh, I just steal my music. Or, you right. know, it's like a combination of stealing music and ripping CDs and, and iTunes, and I just, A, I don't own any CDs, and uh, wow. it seems easier, it's just been easier for me to do the Rhapsody thing. I have like three CDs. Yeah. Wow. So you're fucked if your MP3 player breaks. Well, <laughs> no, because I, well, I, have, I just have to get a new MP3 player because, you know, and I guess I'd have to download everything onto it again, but um, right. I'm just saying. Actually, you're gonna, I, you're, I guess you're I'm, a, I mean, how much was your MP3 player that has 80 gigs? Well, that's the thing. They're they're you know you don't get iPods aren't compatible with uh, Rhapsody, so I use um, Creative. It's an it's an Irish company actually, and I have yeah. one that's eight gigs that's you know comparable to Nano, and I have one that's 30. And uh, they were the eight gig was like 150 bucks new, and I got the 30 re- refurbished for like 99. Got a got got a pretty cheap, but it's like irreplaceable because I don't think they make a lot of them. Hmm. So I, I have yeah. it, I have it all. You know, it's in a rubber case, and it's got a it's got the screen guard trying trying to keep it give it some longevity, keep it fresh. But you know, not owning CDs and not really ever having owned a big CD library, I had like maybe a, a book's worth at the most. Yeah. yeah, I think owning music is not something that's terribly imp- like. I don't mind subscribing and 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 I don't mind the DRM stuff. So like, I have to plug my MP3 player into my Rhapsody once a month to renew yeah. all my track licenses. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really, uh, it doesn't really get my <coughs> awe. Um, I think the way it does with some people, it's it's worked out very well for me. I, I'm I'm pretty pleased. I like to just hoard things, so I just have all, I have millions of gigs of music that I just don't even listen to. I just have it. That's we're like three different camps. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you, Joe, you steal a lot. I don't steal also, a lot. Don't say but that. You also have you music. I mean, you also pay for a subscription, but you wind up owning the music that you download, right? You get right, I use e-music, yeah. That you get per month. Yeah. And me, I just have a shit ton of CDs because I've been through three iPods now, and I'm I don't even think I'm going to get another one. I, I don't, I'm not even sure that I'm gonna go. The I've got to have for listening to I, uh, I that podcast. I've got to have the iPod. Yeah, I mean that. That's the right, only thing that would MP3 get me player. to come back to it. Yeah, 
But I'm, I mean, the one thing that I mean, granted, I've had my CDs stolen before, and it took me a long time to rebuild. But I like that tangible feature of it. But so, so how much chance do you realistically give music that you haven't listened to before, Eddie? Being that you have all this music at one time available at your fingertips. Well, see, that's the hard part. It's because. You know, I'm I'm either trying to, you know, like listening to something and it gives you suggestions and you kind of get lost and you don't ever get – I'm not ever moving forward. I'm just kind of moving backwards. It's like, oh, I like this album. Here's something they did before they made this band. And, that, and this isn't – you know, this is referring to, you know, groups in the 70s. So, yeah. I mean, I listen to it, but I don't think I'm as I'm as, as patient with it as I as I would, may, would be under maybe different circumstances because if I'm not – so I'm not kind of feeling it. Like I can read about it and like on some website, and I can listen to it instantly. And if if I'm not feeling it right away, it's pretty rare that I'll you know I'll give it a whole you know listen to the whole CD or whatever. So probably not a very not as much as I should be. Well, I mean, what's the value statement there? I mean, as you should be, like fuck it, it's working for you, you know. So you know, who's... I, you know, maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. From what I what I see from the outside, a lot of it is kind of. Yeah, I'm not really that interested in, and I've I've got a a rich and fulfilling music musical life right now. You've got basically mm-hmm. you've got Netflix music. Yeah, and I yeah. think here's the main thing for me is I used to always have people over to my house after after the bars in college, and you know early early in the career it was like my roommate and I combining our CD collections, which is why I lost most of mine, and then just. All the CDs getting destroyed eventually by drunk people putting them in the CD player and and you know getting them getting thrown. With Rhapsody, I can come home and listen to whatever I want and not have any remorse the next day of like, you know, that I paid ninety nine cents for you know feeding yeah. trees. <laughs> and I, just, I can be I can be I can be impulsive, and I think oh. that that kind of suits my nature as well. Yeah, nice. uh, I, I'm totally on that. On the it's interesting you brought up Netflix because I don't have any desire to own any more DVDs because I have Netflix now. Yeah, there there's a few things. There's some TV shows that I've I appreciate that I own them on DVD, um, but I don't I wouldn't necessarily need to have them. I've actually sold a bunch of my DVDs because I just don't need them. I, I I'm not one to watch the same movies over and over again anyway. Yeah, and uh, I I definitely don't mind just having it on the Netflix and checking it out there, but music I'm different with. Huh. Well, that answers what you've been listening to. Wow. It's a um, nice half an hour segment. Yeah. So, Joey, what's the hype? What's the hype? <clears throat> okay, so I got into... Uh, I, I used to really enjoy taking Polaroid pictures. Yep. Uh, like old school Polaroid pictures with the square shots that, you know, you shake it like a Polaroid picture, that kind of thing. And um, I kind of got out of it. The film got harder to get, and now they're not making it anymore. But the Polaroid's got this new thing called a Pogo, which is a little printer. And they went on sale last week, and so I went and got one because I needed it for a project I was working on. And it's basically like a little printer thing that you put this Polaroid film in, and you can print from your directly from your Bluetooth cell phone or from any digital camera. Really? Yeah, and it prints out a little... A little instant print, and I, I don't know if you've ever. I mean, obviously you've seen Polaroids before. The the colors are all kind of weird on them sometimes. Yeah. Or they come out kind of faded, or just kind of messed up looking, and, and it does the same kind of thing. It's kind of cool. 
I like it. I mean, it's not like photo quality prints. It's like a different sort of thing, but it makes these little prints, and they have sticky backs on them, so it's like a sticker. So you can peel off the back and stick it wherever you want. That's wow. cool. And uh, it's just kind of cool. I don't know. What's, what was the so, price point on that? Uh, start out at and what was the sale? It was $99 to start with, and they're on sale for like 45 bucks, I think, at Target right now. Oh, wow. That's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah and so I need a Polaroid picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you have to get the paper for it, but the paper is really cheap too. So, um, But it's portable. There's all like, kinds of applications I could think of for that. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. You could definitely get in some trouble with it. Yeah. Um, it's it, But it's portable. It, it uses batteries. It uses a battery, that an internal battery, and you can either run it off the power, but you can take it with you places. And so you could, you you could, could go you, like Gonzo Street Hype with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's like graffiti applications for it. You got, you could take pictures of your balls and stick them up in every bar all over town if you wanted to. Buy a blue. You could print them up. You could have them print at a place you're not even at anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, but you're leaving the pogo in the place you're not at anymore. Yeah. At $47, it'd be worth it, though. You could just sit there and print out, like, ten shots of your balls. It just keeps coming. Yeah. (laughs) Why is it that... Somebody left this. I mean, that's the the best idea any any person with a Y chromosome would think of. Well, that's why I first thought... I'm pictures of my balls with this. I'm sure that... The first cell phone cameras, that's 99% of what was done was taking pictures of your balls and sending yeah. them to people, you know? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't you and your phone. It was, it, or for me at least, it was, oh, you got a picture camera phone? Cool, let me see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, I got to go to the bathroom, check this out. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it my just, is, that joke that joke is as old as photography itself. <laughs> the daguerreotype. Yeah. <laughs> the daguerreotype of my nether region. Well, my hype is that uh, I'm getting excited for football season to start. <clears throat> and I know that you don't like the, the preseason games for the NFL. Yeah. But um, I went, when I went back to Knoxville, I, um, um, I stopped over at my buddy Craig's house, and they had um, they had a football game on, the, and it was Lions just game. so unexpected to it's be a like, game. no, it wasn't a Lions uh, game. But um, and in fact, it, they didn't keep it on for long. We actually put in the Devil's Rejects as soon as I got there. <laughs> yeah, that, I know who I'm going to be for Halloween. But yeah. um, but it was just a trip to see football on TV, and I just can't wait for it to to be a regular occurrence because I used to be. Only college football. Yeah. And then the past two seasons, I've started to dabble in in the NFL, and I think it's just going to be football overload. I, I mean, like last season, I didn't watch a single college football game. Yeah. And so this season, I think it's going to be a great blend of the two. Yeah, I, think- I, I don't like college at all, but I am really excited about the pro game starting up again. Yeah. So I'm excited. Show. That's, that's part of the fall, the fall hype. I never even liked football as a kid. I never played it. I played spring ball my freshman year of high school, realized it wasn't for me, and got out of that real quick. Yeah. But um, I remember going to, like, we had great, I mean, awesome season tickets at, <coughs> at the UT football stadium. Yeah. Like, fourth row, 50-yard line, the best seats in the house. And I hated going to the football games. Hated it. I didn't understand it. I didn't care. And now it's, like, so... 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like part of it's like cliche to really like football, but I really like it. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. I get hype for it. So that's my hype. Yeah, watching football is one of the true, the only truly manly things I do in my life. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the dude things that I do. Yeah, I don't have many, but well, all right. Posting pictures of your cat on Facebook—that's pretty up there. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's not really. Yeah, taking pictures of your balls and sticking them to window fronts in in the downtown store taking it to the next level of te- of bluetooth technology i think that's i think you've earned all your creden- the credentials you'll ever need yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man i can't wait to take more pictures of my balls <laughs> bluetooth them to my polaroid printer stick them up what all you the need te- to do i uh, here's what you need to do and this is awesome i can't believe i just thought of this bucket of dicks yeah. You need you need to take a picture of the next bucket of dicks that you see. Some guy's got <laughs> fucking And stick it on their car? Stick it on their fucking car. Just take a picture of it so they can see what it looks like to somebody else and stick it on their on their window. Yeah. When they open the door they see it. <laughs> That's just a good write idea. bucket of dicks and Sharpie on their window. Bucket of dicks. Bucket of dicks. What's your hype, buddy? Okay, you're, you're, you those were pretty specific. <laughs> it's okay. You can I, be I nebulous. Was, I was taking a theme approach. Yeah. But I'd say, I don't know if it's my hype. I, I was, uh, the, the, the question I got is, what is the hype? So this is this is kind of an objective statement, but I would say Schadenfreude right now is really in. Yeah. <laughs> Great. People, people are very hyped up on that. Uh, you know, um, intervention, I, I like. I, I love intervention. <laughs> the TV show makes me feel good. You know who else really loves that is uh, is Grizzles. Yeah, he absolutely loves intervention. Continue. Um, you know, there's also Obsessed with the just which is just about OCD. Yeah, I've watched that. I actually like that, um, except for when oh, it. So you're it's you're not talking about the movie with uh, uh, with Beyonce in it. No. Beyonce and Edris Elba or whatever. Uh, yeah, Idris. And Idris Ali Elba. Larder. No, I think that movie is. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that's the hype. (laughs) (laughs) Jay-Z, maybe. But the finest example of these shows I saw, and it actually was on MTV because they weren't playing music, but it was this show called (laughs) Bully Beatdown. Have you? Oh my god! I I saw one episode of it, or like half an episode. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. I I watched two episodes in a row, and I'm glad I did because I realized I saw the two possible outcomes. (laughs) <laughs> but its host, its host is this guy Mayhem, who's an MMA fighter. Who I, I don't know. I've never heard of this guy, but um, he drives around and like he drives around in a Hummer, and he's like, he's like Matthew Lillard to the fifth power, if that makes any sense. I mean, he's just a complete spaz. Yeah. And he's but he's also big, and so it's you know what you do is um. If you're getting, if you have a bully in your town, you send in a video documenting this guy, this guy's, you know, making a case for this guy being a bully, and mayhem comes to town and like challenges the guy to a fight, like your high school bully. He challenges him, you know. He's like, oh, you know, he says, "I'll give you, uh, I'll give you ten, five thousand um, dollars if you get in the ring for for two rounds or three rounds or something," and. Uh, so the first one I saw, it was these two guys, and they were like, you know, kind of lame-looking guys. And the bully, um, 
was at a bar at like ten in the ten in the morning with all these girls. So I mean, I he seemed like a pretty cool guy to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he gets in the ring and he's being all arrogant about it, and uh, he's like a little kid, and so he, the mayhem lines him up against a uh, like a welterweight fighter. You know, they do it by weight class. But uh, so the first round of the fight is is submission holds, and every time you tap out, you start off with oh yeah yeah. So you start off with five thousand dollars. The bully does, and every time he taps out, he loses a thousand dollars, and it goes to the the guys who are getting picked on who send the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the first That's... time I saw, the guy got tapped out five out of five times. And uh, so the, the, the kids got the five grand. And the next round, it was, uh, I don't know if it was, it was knockouts or something, or knockdowns or, or whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're kicking and punching. And like every time <laughs> you get knocked down, you lose $1,000. So that episode, the bully just got the shit beat out of him. I mean, it was, it was hilarious. He just got, he got completely owned all over the, all over that. The octagon, and uh, <laughs> so the the kids got the ten thousand dollars and like, and so then Mayhem leaves town and I mean you have to imagine that <laughs> yeah yeah solved problem <laughs> right because now the bully knows these kids have ten thousand dollars in cash <laughs> plus he's been made a fool of on TV yeah. national <laughs> TV yeah um, See, and then uh, I saw another episode. Where it was this guy calling in, and the bully. They worked on a construction site, and the bully was the boss's son. And this 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 kid had said something. Was like they were at lunch, and the bully was making fun of the kid's girlfriend, and he spoke up to it for his girlfriend or something, or said something back to the guy, and he threw a rock at him and like busted out his teeth, and that's why he called oh me. Like, this guy busted out my teeth. And this kid got in the ring and like did okay. Like he mm-hmm. he got like more money than the than the kid that called mayhem on him. So I can yeah. only imagine that that didn't go well. Once <laughs> made, so. Yeah, but it was great, and so that was that was a breakthrough show. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's hype to me. That's no, I mean that's great. Thank that's you for hype. that. Yeah. Oh, check that also, out. Also, uh, some some breaking hype from uh, after I, I'd done my preparations. Went and saw uh, a Bruce Springsteen tribute tribute act in uh, Delaware. <laughs> yeah, Friday night. Delaware. Yeah, we were in. We were at the beach in Delaware, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the the bar that's there that's really just like an enclosure. It doesn't even have a doesn't have a roof. Uh, yeah, the sign said Bruce in the USA, and I said, "There's only one thing that can be <laughs> like a boss." It was. He was like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He Maybe just. Maybe we uh, were born to run. Yeah, well, you you think that, you know? I was so I was so fired up, and you know, we were we were you know getting getting ready, and uh, you know, drinking bourbon, and <laughs> he plays his whole first set, and it's all just like like get you know, nobody cares about these songs. I mean, I guess some people, I guess a lot of people probably did, but I certainly didn't. And uh, I was getting all I was getting angry to talk about bad customer service. <laughs> and I was close enough where I could point at him and make eye contact, and you know, you're like play living on a prayer. <laughs> he's, playing, he's playing hide and seek with the hits, yeah. and then uh, yeah, well, then he comes back second set, and the second set is just the hit parade, and it was just epic, and it was. Everybody, <laughs> I had like a guy in the audience, like you go to a concert and and you make friends with somebody without ever saying anything. It's just like another drunk dude yeah. standing there, and we could, you know, we could look over to make sure we were both singing and. You know, slaps and high fives. So it was. It was <laughs> yeah, brah. Yep. That's cool. Um, how long does it take you to get to Delaware? 
Uh, well, we left. We, like, we stopped why, in Baltimore. Why are the beaches so good that you would drive to Delaware to go to the beach? Well, it's because um, we had accommodations. Ariel's dad had rented a house up there. And so we went up and stayed with him. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems unnatural for me to go north to go to the beach as well. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 not bad. It's, it was... That's Did everybody, everybody call it the shore up there? No. There are many a Jersey plate and many a Pennsylvania plate. Yeah. There's a lot of Jersey plates down here right now. Love coming down here. Wow. Well, um, okay, so what's not the hype? Um, I got one. Uh, advertisers using people with big heads in their ads. So I have to explain this a little bit. Sure you do. I'm tired of of ads where they just take a picture of a person and they cut their head out and make it big. (laughs) And that's supposed to be funny. Like if I take a picture of one of my friends, let's say Groove, I take a picture of you and I cut your head out and make it big. Now that's funny right there, okay, (laughs) because I know you. But just some random schmo, they make their head big. It's like it's just that's not funny at all. What the hell kind of local commercials you've been watching? I'm not talking about TV commercials. I'm talking about print ads. Oh. There's one. There's one that I see all that you've seen them before. There's one that I see all the time that's on the uh, the gas pump at the gas station near my house, and it's got some woman like it's like a shot from above her, but her head is really big and her body's really small, and it's like uh, that, that's supposed to make me buy insurance or something. So. Wow. Not only is that not the hype, but the fact that that was your not the hype is not the hype. Well, <laughs> you'll notice it. You'll notice it, and it'll piss you off. I'm telling it'll you. It'll piss me off because I'll think about you wasting my time telling me about that. Well, that's why not the hype. Big heads, <laughs> big heads and ads. Big heads do not make, do not that, fun make. You remember the Save Bob campaign? That makes me think of that. <laughs> yeah. See, now that was funny, but he didn't have anything. He was just a head. The Save Bob. <laughs> Didn't he have a dog too? He had like a wiener dog. It was just the yeah. dog's head. Yeah. Wow. Save Bob. What's your not the hype, Fast Eddie? Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at my notes and I'm realizing I, ultimately my not the hype is bullet points because I don't know what any of this stuff means. <laughs> but so I have. Well, I guess I can get a couple of them. Uh, number one, this is a public service announcement. Is 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 boozing too much. I, I I just turned 27 last month, and I've just wow. really not into that anymore. It, it's <laughs> yeah. been ha- it ha- every time it happens, I always I always regret it. Not because Wind I do anything at, regretful. It's just not just doesn't seem necessary at this point. You just start high fiving strangers at Bruce you, Springsteen tribute. You, you wind up at Bruce Springsteen concerts. After the Bruce Springsteen concert, we went to uh, this place across the street to get some wings to go, and while we were waiting. <laughs> This woman was was playing a Sopranos uh, pinball machine, and I come oh. up to her while she's playing her game, and I start tough talking all the characters. And I, was, <laughs> I was pointing to which ones died, like so there was Silvio and. Whoa! You know, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I I concluded my remarks by putting my index finger on on uh, uh, on Edie Falco. And I was like, I wish you died in the first episode. And that was, and then I got my wings and left. 
<laughs> terrorized that woman. She just wanted to play pinball. So yeah, it just I, I don't pinball. know. Trying to trying to to lay back on that, but the second one is <clears> just <throat> Jeremy Piven. I think I'm just kind of wow. You know, PCU yeah. is such a, is a movie that I like so very much that it's just really hurt me to see the kind of things he's been doing recently, like the goods. Yeah, and like aces, smoke smoking aces, and. <laughs> So what do you have to what do you have to say about Entourage? I I, I do not care for it. It's, I mean, he did win three Emmys in a row for best supporting actor. You know, it's I, I uh, like him in Entourage, but I do agree it's a little too much sometimes when he's in other stuff. Yeah, well, it's, it's he, I mean he is he's got a formula. Yeah, and people and it, like and it that works movie. on that show. It but. works best on Entourage. Well, it works best in PCU. Yeah, and then, right. And then it, PCU, it, yes. Yeah, we. Well, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, we in college we had these uh, these this group of guys that we used to call uh, we used to call in Jerrytown, based off of uh, PCO. Yeah. <coughs> Is that the end of that? That's the end of that. <laughs> Man, not the hype is groove. Groove's <laughs> bad attitude. Sorry, hype. Well, let's see what great not the hype you have this week. <laughs> Hit us with it. Oh, man. I, uh, humidity. <laughs> <laughs> what about all this humidity, huh? <laughs> what is it with this humidity? You know yeah. what I don't like? Humidity. No, I went back to Knoxville and it was so nice. Such nice weather and I just sweat so much. I just it's <laughs> humidity. It's, it's, it's humid over here for sure. I got I got um I made a mistake uh, <laughs> a couple months ago and I purchased a um like a messenger bag. I told you. I want to go on record as saying I, I said it was a mistake when he bought it. <laughs> well, what kind I mean, of messages do you carry in it? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I mean, I was just like, I don't know, because here's the thing. Okay, here's it was a reasonable thought that went through my head when I was purchasing it. When I wear a backpack in warm weather, my when I take it off, my entire back is wet. Yeah. Okay, because I'm sweating. And I thought, well, I'll just get this messenger bag, and I won't have that problem. So now when I take off this messenger bag, I've got a line of sweat that goes from one shoulder across my chest all the way down to my hip on the other side because uh, that's where the contact happens. And you've got a messenger bag. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm walking around with that. So, you know, um, mistake. <laughs> so I guess really what's the not what's not the hype is my messenger bag. <laughs> the fact that you have a messenger bag. Well, it's a really good bag. I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a great bag. Good product. Well, yeah, you really good saw product. on that. Yeah. Product. Yeah, my not the hype was terrible. That was great. <laughs> you better be messenger bags. <laughs> no, it's I mean, it's not like you haven't listened to it enough to know the question. Um Phew. Well, I mean, what are we, like, us? World Hunger? World Hunger is not the hype? No, we're way too selfish for... Yeah, right. We don't, we don't, we don't look outside ourselves for the what's the hype. America. Uh, hype's still out. We're ready for that. Oh, shit, that's right. Thanks. I was, 
I was getting dehyped because I didn't think we had another hype question. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have one, but I'm going to report back on last week's hype still out that um, my girlfriend Maria went to see Inglorious Bastards and she gave it a thumbs up. She says good and worth seeing. So. Well, that was my hype still out. So. Well, there we go. Go see it. We'll try to see it this week. Yeah. You got you got some hype still out, Eddie? Yeah. Well, uh, I I think I think I'm gonna go see. Uh, is it Sector Nine or Dis- Sector Nine? Oh God. District, District Nine. Nine. District yeah. Nine. I heard it's yeah. good. I, heard I it's went really to good. see it. Did you like it, Groove? No. You didn't. Uh, you're the, you're yeah. the first person I've heard that, that doesn't like it. Well, I'm the only and person that doesn't that surprise I... me. Uh, well, no. The first the first half of it was all right. Um. But then it got to the point where it was no longer what it had started out being and became something else. I don't really think aliens would act like that. (laughs) Why you got to hate on me? Well, why you got to hate on me? You started it. Not like that. You started it. Uh Well, I'm just saying, I mean, it was, I mean, no, I just wasn't, at the end of it, I was just like, okay, well, that happened, and I probably could have watched it at home. So, okay, I mean, not to ruin the movie for you or anything. <laughs> I, next week, our grab bag's going to be Groove Shits on the newest releases. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really excited to go see it, and I was fully disappointed when I left. I was probably too excited to go see it, but I think Peter Jackson's going to become George Lucas. Oh, for sure. He He's didn't direct it or anything. Neck. He didn't direct it or anything. He produced it, you know, he's the executive producer or whatever, but One of that. I don't know. I mean, go see it, Eddie. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. I will. Don't let the fact that I thought it was the worst movie ever made Steve, right. stop you from seeing don't it. Don't let the fact that I'm going to defriend you if you <laughs> No pressure. Yeah. Well, I think I prepared myself because I know I know the story of it, of it being made, and I know kind of the themes that the director, based on his life – is going yeah. to is going to deal with so I, I'm prepared for that. That's what I'm. That was the first half of the movie, and that was well done. And then uh, the second half, it left all its commentary, left all its themes, and became oh well, we got to put butts in the seats. So let's let's end it as an action movie. Mm. Excellent. Okay. You get to think, and then you get to uh, watch some explosions. Get to see shit get blown up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, maybe that's your thing. I just didn't expect it to, you know, end, you know, hollow. You know, like started out and like the guts fell out of it halfway through the movie. So, I'm excited to have really fall out of things at the end of that. (laughs) You know what? You won't be disappointed in that. You won't be. You get to see people get ripped apart. It sounds Literally. like the hype is back in. <laughs> sounds like the the jury is way in, and the and the hype will be in on that. So, huh? There we go. Well, how many fucking people shot. have you talked to about that movie, Joey? I I survey all my friends about people. the newest releases. So. You talked to three people about it. No, I didn't. I've listened to reviews and I've talked to people. I have. Oh, you listen to re- are you friends with Ebert? Is he your Spencer buddy? liked it. Maria liked it. Mm-hmm. There was like four or five other people that liked it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've gotten, I've heard some positive buzz. Well, I can't believe I'm the only one that would unlike it. Contrarian, yeah, seriously, the only person I've heard that doesn't like it. Well, I haven't listened to any reviews or anything 
thing like that. So I'm not hating on it because everybody okay. liked it. I didn't know that everybody liked it. Well, I you naturally don't have to like it. I know I don't have to like you, it. I mean, if it was directed by Zack Snyder, you'd probably like it. I'd fucking love it. It was yeah. visionary, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I almost put in the Watchmen again <clears> the other day just to watch it because there's this feature on the Blu-ray where you can watch it with Zack Snyder. Oh, God. And I almost watched that sounds it. sounds like just my worst nightmare. Talking shit. Yeah, I'm so nerdy. Yeah, I'm but such a nerd. Such a nerd, brah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? The keg's empty? I'll take care of that in a minute. I'm doing a commentary. So, um, okay. Well, so as far as grabback's concerned, I'd say go ahead and lead off with uh, Should I Go See It? Should I Go See It? Oh, the uh, the, the trailers? Yeah. Trailers. Uh, I have to pull those up. Now, we've got this is our this is our third time doing this segment where we review a movie based on the trailer. An upcoming movie. This has to be a hot. Well, it might be a hot movie. Might not. Yeah. Um, we've done it before. We did it. We did it with Tom Sibley. So it's our guest thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Fast Eddie and I watched the trailers. Groove did not do his homework. Nope. And so he's going to. We're going to maybe explain it to him a little bit and see what he has to say about it. I'll be the test audience. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to start with uh, with Legion. This movie Legion. Oh, I have seen that trailer. Yeah, well, why don't you kick it off then? Fuck that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Group shits on the new releases right there. Save that for next week. Uh, Um, The supernatural action thriller Legion, an out-of-the-way diner, becomes an unlikely battleground for the survival of the human race. So we we wanted to make a sweet movie with a bunch of angels and special effects, but we didn't have enough money money to build more than one set. So it's set in a diner. (laughs) So fuck you, and the, here's a heroic battle between Gabriel and some other angel, but they're fighting inside a diner. They can't even fly that much. No, it, it's bullshit. We, we, wanted, we wanted to combine Tremors with the Bible. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of, Tremors. They're stuck in that diner or that restaurant the whole time in that movie. What'd you? All right, so now that we've completely shit on it, what do you think, Eddie? Well, you know, you have to give them credit. They they cast Charles S. Dutton, the guy that played Rock. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they gave him a hook for a hand, just for good measure. So they're clear, clearly, you know, they're thinking about us out there in in the, in the audience. What They've also want. got Dennis Quaid. Yeah, yeah. they got Dennis Quaid. So I have POTUS. He is but, the boy. Uh, Dennis Quaid is slumming lately. It, it reminded me a lot of Constantine, and I, you know, I think. Ooh. You know, I'm sure it'll be on. I'll, I'm sure Legion will be on Stars one day <laughs> like by Christmas, yeah. or you know, I guess maybe not that soon. But so, I don't you know. know. We'll don't see that might, be, might go straight to Stars. Tyrese <laughs> yeah. is in it. Uh, stars original. Uh, I can't hate on Tyrese, man. No. Wasn't he, wasn't he in one of the Fast and the Furious? Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> he was in the Fast and the Furious. No, he was in Too Fast. I don't know. Fuck it. Faster Furious Star. I don't really care enough to find out which one. Um, all right, the next one is uh, the new movie from the director of uh, Napoleon Dynamite, Gentleman Broncos. Have you seen this group? No, I haven't. You all right, so just an explanation of it. It's basically like this kid goes to a science fiction writing camp, and he has this. The dude from the uh, from Flight of the Concords is the sort of guest author there. 
and it seems to be some plot involving this guest author stealing an idea from this kid. Hilarity ensues. Um, Eddie, what did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it looks. It, it definitely you could tell it was. It was a, like that Jared has aesthetic, but it's like the. It's like the sequel um, formula where like we're just gonna do everything we did in the first movie. We're just gonna do a bunch more of it. So it's got, right. like, quirky, you know, everybody's really quirky looking and, like, has funny looking outdated jackets on and... Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, I, I wasn't... I, I, there may have been a time in my life where I would have been really eager to see this, but I think that, that time has passed. What you well, what you think, Grief? I think that's probably the nail on the head. Just from looking at the movie poster and reading the uh, synopsis of it... I mean, if your movie poster is going to have Napoleon Dynamite in almost as big a font as the as the new movie that's coming out, yeah, Desperation. Yeah. See this yeah. movie because it's not. It's almost like Napoleon Dynamite. Forget yeah. how disappointed you were by Nacho, Nacho Libre. <laughs> I like Nacho Libre. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Don't I'm apologize a, I'm, I'm for a, him. Yeah, I'm an apologist for Nacho Libre, but Nacho. <laughs> um, and and I mean, I have to fully admit that. I mean, Napoleon Dynamite is funny to me. It was a lot funnier before it got all sold out. Well, but I'm not going to front and say I didn't think it was funny. One, I mean, the thing was, is it was like it was almost new, you know. You hyped me to it. Really. Yeah, I I didn't know what it was, but whatever it was, they nailed it in that movie. Yeah, uh, but I don't think they need to do it again. You no, know, and it's I been wasn't expecting it to be done again. So yeah, I mean, it's like trying to do a Wes Anderson movie. You know, if you're not Wes Anderson, even though this guy's doing his own shit, I mean, he's like, you did that once, let's try something else, you know, so. I, it looked kind of funny to me. I don't know, I might see it. I'm not going to go to the theater and see it, I'll, I'll rent it. But. Yeah. We, uh, we got a theater downtown in Richmond recently, so that's that's opened the that's opened the gates a little wider for me to, you know, branch out and see more of these movies that I might not have watched before. Yeah, you, you guys didn't have movie theater theaters there. here, which is nice. Is it a dollar yeah. or is it actually two dollars? Oh, no, it's a dollar ninety-five, yeah. and it's a historic theater in the middle of the city, and you have to get there early because about sixty percent of the chairs have, like, are unsittable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta really make a night of it. But yeah, it's a few more options for uh, being a little more tolerant. Sweet. What's next? Uh, this movie, Whip It. Uh, Eddie, you got? Can you explain this one? Oh God, it's directed by Drew Barry. I don't want to sound like a misogynist, but it's directed by Drew Barrymore and it stars Ellen Page. <laughs> coming of age story of a girl who just didn't want to fit in. That girl is Ellen Page, Wait, and it's about a, roller derby, and it's got you know like I think Kristen Wiig is in it. Or something, and it's like Gino with roller skates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I should have said that earlier, but yeah, but with with you know with Drew with Drew Barrymore's uh, aesthetic, her her Which art, is her what? her auteur um, contribution. Yeah. So I don't know. It's probably uh, not we're gonna see. So. What do you think, Grieve? Is that something you want to see? The directorial debut of Drew Barrymore stars Ellen Page as Bliss, a rebellious Texas teen who throws her small-town beauty pageant crown for a rowdy world of Royal Derby. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm going to go see it opening night. No. Oh, great. No, it gets better because Jimmy Fallon's in it. 
Oh yeah. yeah, that's what I. You know, I was with it a little bit until I saw Jimmy Fallon. I was like, nope, <laughs> no, no way. Get that know. shit I mean, out of here. Whatever. No, I mean, I, I got to add that shit to a list. That I'll I go on record and say that I liked Juno, and I thought I did too. And did. Um, so it's but not yet again bad. another movie that doesn't need to be remade. Right. Fifty yeah. times as it inevitably will be. Yeah. Next. Next movie, we're taking it to a serious place with this movie, Balibo. I guess that's how you pronounce it. It's about, uh, I, I, it's, I don't even know where it takes place. Where does it take place, Eddie? Do you know? East Timor. And, and, it's East yeah, Timor. Yeah, something like that. Southeast Asia. Yeah, it has something to do with the uprising there and some, some reporters that have gone missing, and Anthony LaPaglia is sent back in time to protect John Connor. <laughs> yeah, back in time. Um, I don't know. What did you think about it, Eddie? I don't. I don't go see serious movies. <laughs> really, categorically, or I watch them with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> did it? Did it seem like Oscar bait to you, or do you think that it was just really inspired? I, I, you know, I just I, I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Cretan. I just wasn't. As soon as I saw based on a true story, <laughs> just I, don't, I wasn't interested. <laughs> it's not rated. I mean, yeah, no. I, I read the preview again. Like, I actually could, I didn't even could even make myself sit through the preview again uh, tonight. But I, I did read the review, and you know, I guess the interesting twist is like the guy, the journalists go go missing, and then this this charismatic native guy uh, lures uh, a, an outside journalist to come back in to 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 investigate this or something. And and the guy you know and that the person that that calls him into the country ends up becoming the president after all of this uh, yeah this unrest I mean that's you know that's a pretty interesting story I just man Anthony Lopagnia was crying in the trailer and so it kind of put me off a little bit I was like oh, whoa too much uh, so for me I actually I have a uh, a speed round entry if I can go off books yeah go for it and I've actually I'm gonna have one too so okay. do it I hope it's the same one. So this this movie this movie is called the box. What nope. if someone gave you a box containing a button that, if pushed, would make you a million dollars, but simultaneously take the life of someone you don't know? Would you do? Ooh, it? I saw the preview for that a few months ago. So, I think the it's set spoiler, in the '70s or something, isn't it? Yeah, and, and for some reason it's set in the '70s. I think the spoiler for that movie is in, is in the fact that it's not 30 seconds long. <laughs> I think you know what's going to happen. Well. <laughs> uh, unless, unless it's a complete twist and it has like the '80s movie ending where like the heroes at the end luck out and they're always on a on like a sailboat and like clicking drinks together with with their newfound friends and and then it, the ones and then they didn't kill. Cue yeah. the reggae music. <laughs> And like then the it, weekend burn weekend at Bernie's two ending. The helicopter flies away, taking oh. pictures of it. The whole yeah. So, yeah, the box, the aerial shot. Yeah, I think you can skip the box. So let me um, ask you guys what you what you have to think about this new movie coming out, Avatar. I haven't seen the preview. Maria's no. hyped on it. It's like it's science fiction. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the preview probably three times now and um it looks pretty it looks fantastic okay we'll say that but i don't know 
if I really appreciate the media being all over James Cameron's jock on this. Talking about, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how many articles I've seen where it talks about him being so patient for the technology to catch up to his vision and how he pushed the limits on Titanic and aliens and, you know, I mean, like, okay, I mean, like, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'll, I'll probably go see it, but I think it's no matter what, I'm just gonna say it now. Even if it sucks, it's gonna get rave reviews. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I don't really like that. I don't, I don't like that. I mean, it's gonna be just like. um uh, where the wild things are, it's gonna suck. I, I, I think you you might be surprised. I've heard some some kind of negative buzz about that movie about about Avatar. Yeah, I can't cite anything in particular, but I've seen it. I've seen it here and there. Well, that's fine. Just knowing that it's out there, I'm 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 happier now because, um, I mean, dude, no doubt, he, he's made a lot of huge, huge, huge tentpole movies, you know, and this is gonna be another one. Everybody's gonna go see it, but. Come on, he, you know, whatever. He wasn't. If he really had his idea all fleshed out, he wouldn't have waited for, for the technology to catch up. He would have gone ahead and tried to do it. I think. Wow. Yeah. Calling out James Cameron. <laughs> Why not? James Cameron. Shit on everybody. Just <laughs> shit all over. Groove shits on the hits right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever. Did you guys see this? Uh, this is Tony Jaw movie coming out? No. Martial arts superstar Tony Jaw? No. <laughs> Poor man Jet Li. He's got another movie coming Tony out. Tony Jaw. Alright, I'm off of it. Alright. Um, are we ready for the next? We're going to do it in a two part grab bag tonight. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm nervous about we're, it. We're going to take a note from the uh, Pardon the Interruption show and uh, do a little game here. Game show format. It's it's. I'm gonna call it funny or not funny. All right. And so I've got a, a list of topics of things that are kind of in popular culture right now, or over the past decade or so, that people tend to find funny. And I want you guys. You're gonna have 10 seconds to say whether something's funny or not funny, and defend your position on it. And the best answer will get a point. Now bear in mind. The, the, my opinion on whether it's funny or not will definitely be biasing my opinion, <laughs> you know, as far as who gets the point. Um, but, um, you know, don't let that stop you because you may be able to sway my opinion on it. There's a few of these I'm kind of ambiguous on. So, you guys ready for this? Yeah, who's <clears throat> gonna start? Uh, you're gonna start, Grave. Fuck that. He's the guest. Make him start. Well, it's putting more pressure on him to start. All right, yeah, put it, we'll make him start then. All right, uh, I got this, home court advantage. Yeah, uh, Family Guy, Fast Eddie, go. Family Guy is funny because you know I don't I don't have a funny thing to say about it. I, it's it's actually horribly animated and it's and it's a bit contrived and it's certainly as for as edgy as it tries to be, it's not ever challenging anybody that it, that's really its audience. I mean, like frat, you, you're not going to offend a frat guy. You know, sitting on the frat sofa um, with anything in the Family Guy, even though they kind of pride themselves as pushing the envelope. So they're pushing the envelope for comedy, but, you know, in, in a kind of a shallow and meaningless way. But that being said, shallow and meaningless in a cartoon is fine. Boom. So All right, Grief. Not funny for the very same exact reason that Fast Eddie just said it. Boom. Shotgun. Done. 
All right, this is one that I'm not that I don't have a strong opinion on, but I'm gonna give it to Groove on this one, even though he just stole Fast Eddie's eloquent explanation. <laughs> no, satire for idiots is not funny because they don't <laughs> recognize it. But yeah, I I, I find it funny sometimes, but. I don't really watch it much. All right, this next one. Groove, you're going to kick it off. Seth Rogen. Not funny. What? Bad laugh. Horrible laugh, and all he does is laugh. Done. All right, great. Uh, Eddie. So Seth Rogen is funny because, I don't know, he's like – Do he's you not actually committed. think he's funny? <laughs> I, I don't. I, don't we have to disagree? <laughs> you don't have to disagree, no. Okay. No, I think I want your I, honest I, opinion. I, I don't think he's very funny, um, only because he's like he started off as a fat guy, but not a committed fat guy, and now he's got a. You can tell he's becoming kind of a Hollywood sleazeball because he's getting roles that where he's becoming more and more, you know, you know, in the spotlight and more and more of a romantic lead, and he's just kind of. Uh, I think any any Canadian integrity he had, he's he's beginning to abandon, and it's becoming evident in the quality of his work. All right, no point. Seth Rogen is moderately funny. <laughs> no point. No point awarded. You're just bitter, bitter what about hipsters. Jonah Hill. No, Jonah Hill. Not on this list. Jonah Hill is hilarious. Um, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow movies. Everything Judd Apatow is involved with. The Judd Apatow school. Funny or not funny? Fast Eddie. I mean, yeah, sure, funny. I guess. I, I I don't like Vince Vaughn, but I think uh, I, you know those movies came out at a time where I was very receptive to the humor. Um, I say, uh, what is the most recent one he did? Uh, funny people. No, uh, not funny, that one. Zach and Mary. Funny people knocked up. Zach and Mary was his. I don't think it was his. I think no, he really actually only Kevin he Smith. did. He did Forty Year Old Virgin, and um, and knocked up and and um, and Funny People. Those are the only three that he actually wrote and directed. Yeah, but he's been involved in I Love You Man and uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and. Okay, so we're gonna go with. No, I, I don't remember. How I, you know what else? I was I kept thinking that I was on a timer, so I was trying to talk really fast. So I hope you. <laughs> yeah, I, I want you to Somehow talk. Somehow I thought you had a, a stopwatch. All right, groove. Funny or not funny, Judd Apatow stuff. What did you say, Eddie? I don't know. I don't really even have an opinion. I'll say funny. <laughs> you say funny? Like, okay. I'd like, I'd like to cover some more terrain. Yeah. Um, oh, Judd, that's going to be the next topic. Judd Apatow himself is not funny, um, but uh, he inspires other people to be funny around him. And I, I like watching his movies mainly because – or I like watching his movies, and the good thing is that he's not in them. Did I make that clear? Yeah. Okay. Ter- terrible he's answer. Eddie's getting the point on that. He's not a good performer. I've seen him on Funny or Die. I've uh, seen him be interviewed on late night shows, and I don't enjoy watching him particularly, but I don't mind watching his creations. Okay. Um, you well, know who I do like is uh, Todd Phillips. I don't know who that is. He did Old School. Oh! Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Okay. Um, but okay. was funny. I was confusing him with uh, Judd Apatow because... Didn't well, he, didn't he did the hang... Because he, he, he did the yeah. hangover. He did the hangover as well. Yeah. And I was just... I watched the hangover... Uh, and, and that's funny. Comparing that to, like... I thought... I, I, I kind of despise wedding crashers. Yeah. And I thought the hangover was <clears> just like, <throat> showing him kind of 
becoming more sophisticated and like as a result becoming funnier. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a more of a Todd Phillips than a Judd Apatow. I, I'm in with that. I, I'll Judd give Apatow. you. I, you're gonna get the point for that reference. So. Wow. It's tied Bro. one to one. Uh, this next one, South Park. There is a right and wrong answer to this one. Go. Uh, groove. Groove. Go. South Park. Not funny whatsoever. Same reason Family Guy is not funny, only it's not even as pleasing to watch. It's bullshit cut up paper, some funny voices, and uh, we're just trying to shock you, but the people that are watching it aren't being shocked because they actually think it's funny because they're, you know, donks. Done. Uh, Eddie, South funny Park. in college, not funny after college. Right. So you did, but you did, in fact, find it. <laughs> Listen to him. He's fishing. You He's did, in fact, find it funny at one point in time. Funny in college, but I, I found a lot of things funny in college. Okay. Uh, Groove it basically expresses my sentiments exactly, so he's going to get a point for that. Yeah. South Park is not funny. Never has been. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Chuck Norris jokes. Fast Eddie, go. I mean, first time around in '96, they were they were really wonderful, and I, I I won't apologize for that. But that was a long time ago. Yep. Uh, Groove. Same answer. First time I saw Chuck Norris jokes, they were hilarious. If I see a Chuck Norris T-shirt right now, um, I'm I grind my teeth. Boom. I'm going to give you both a point for that because Groove Groove Eddie was going to get the point, but Groove mentioned the T-shirts, which are annoying the shit out of me right now. So, point for each. So, Groove's in the lead, three to two. Uh, Lonely Island, the uh, the guys from Center Out Live that do the uh, the the dick in the box and all that stuff. Um, Groove, go. Um, funny. Um, some are more funny than others. Uh, why are they funny? Um, well, okay, I. Oh, fuck, I'm dropping the ball here. People like funny songs. I don't really like funny songs, but the videos make them fucking hilarious. There it is. Okay, Eddie? Well, some people may have taken note that Lonely Island doesn't just do uh, funny videos. And I think some of my favorite stuff they've done – well, I guess they've, some of the musical sets. But a lot of the like the digital shorts from going back several years have been Lonely Island. Right. But, um, the two of the songs that are my favorite, the one is with uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Andy Samberg when they were making fun of Right Said Fred, and they were um, <laughs> they were they were Ephraim and uh, I forgot who the other one was, but the song was called Please Don't Crush My Testicles. <laughs> and then they also did a um, they also did. Have you guys ever seen the Young Chuck Norris? Mm-mm. I thought that was really funny. The Young Chuck Norris. Yeah, they have it. They did a. They do like a like a song that's making fun of uh, <laughs> the character singing it. Is his name's Doug Brogar, and uh, he's got like a long, you know, like rip ripped jeans and like unlaced combat boots and the leather bomber jacket and like the American flag bandana in his back pocket. Yeah, uh, young Chuck Norris is funny. I think I think uh, I think Lonely Island is is pretty good. I think they're getting. You know, I was at a bar and on a boat came on. I didn't know how I felt about that because everybody around me was singing all the words, so I, I wasn't yeah. too. The boat engine make noise, motherfucker. So, um, I'm gonna give that point to Eddie because he's more well versed. Time out. No. Yes. He's wrong. He's wrong. Yes. 
because the Lonely Island is made up of those three guys that were friends all through college, but only when they do music do they consider themselves to be the Lonely Island. Uh, well, Grave wins the point on a technicality then. All right. <laughs> Four to two. I'm surprised that you actually were in the, the funny camp on that, Grief. Well, I think I find them funny too. I, I used out. to I used to think Andy Samberg sucked, but I've fucking I've gotten I've I've gotten hip to him. I actually even like Hot Rod. Well, when the, when the bar is set so low on Saturday Night Live, he's definitely uh, a laser safe cats. Laser cats. Laser cats. Laser cats. Uh, here's the next one: is Dane Cook, Eddie Go. Not funny. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Groove? Well, I, just for the sake of argument, uh, Dane Cook is funny. Nope, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> because he, the symbol for his tour was the shocker. Yeah. I, mean, I almost, you know. <laughs> Eddie wants the point. <laughs> Even though you were being sarcastic, Eddie wants the point. <laughs> Even mentioning that Dane Cook is funny. Not funny. Uh, you ready for the next one? Yeah, these are great. Uh, Louis C.K. Hilarious. Groove, go. I already said it. Hilarious. All right. Eddie? Yeah, I uh, don't really know him that well. I've, I've heard he's really funny, but, you know, just I missed the boat on that one. Oh, Groove gets the point. Louis C.K. is hilarious. You better check him out. Go YouTube him. Uh, Flight of the Concours. Eddie, go. Fly the Concours is not hilarious. It's, I'd say it's fun to watch. I mean, I think there's been some standout moments, and now I guess now I'm conf- I'm even more conflicted because apparently that's just it's not funny at all. It's just how New Zealanders are, according to my my business partner. So I guess technically it's not funny, but it, it amuses me. Right, groove. Mm, Eddie gets the point. I okay. uh, I didn't finish the first season because I I really didn't think it was. I, it wasn't bad to watch, but it didn't make me want to watch that much more of it. But then I got back into it, and yeah, it's all right, but it's not hilarious. No. Well, when, I've seen uh, bits and pieces, and it's cracked me up quite a bit. When Jermaine did the uh, David Bowie impression, that was like yeah. a really that was a bright spot. I mean, that was pretty pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. It has its moments. I, I I'm gonna say funny. Jermaine is by far the best character on that show. Yeah. Do you guys remember when he did the Outback commercials? <laughs> he used to do the Outback commercials before. Flight that must have conflicted him so much personally being a New Zealander. Right, yeah. yeah. All right, this <laughs> next one is one close to – this next one is themed for our guest. Uh, people who wear uh, band shirts ironically. Oh, my God. That's, that should be – should be killed for that. <laughs> what's, the, so what's the – I just don't see what the point is. I mean it's just it, – it, it's, so, it's so against – Everything I, you know, everything I hold dear with 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 music, and I don't get it. And I think, you know, in the in the instance of the maiden, you know, I think people wear the shirts because they're fashionable in some yeah. quarters. And I mean, have I, have I actually lost them? No, you know, like a, like it was at the train station, so you leave a little note in their bag or something. <laughs> Yeah, you try to offer gentle guidance. I don't think hate is the answer for to cure that. But Richmond has a very, very uh, high like hipster population, so I see it day in and day out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it 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 really it really upsets me. All right, Groove, you got anything to say? Yeah, funny for that 
Very same reason. <laughs> because there's only one person wearing an Iron Maiden shirt that actually likes Iron Maiden, and that's Fast Eddie. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, when you I, see it, you think, "Oh, that's that's funny," because nobody likes that fucking band. <laughs> Well, that's not ironic, though. That's not them being ironic. That's them being sincere, and and that's you're, you're having Schadenfreude, and that and that's that's the hype. That is the hype. So it's funny. You get bonus. Oh, I, I got to go with Eddie on this one and tie it up. I can't. I can't. That's too much hate, group. Uh, well, I mean, no, so no, no, no. You know, I guess it depends on the perspective. Like, if if you're a if you're a, a hipster dirtbag wearing a shirt ironically. Are you being hilarious, or is it hilarious when you see that being done? When you when you kind of catch them doing what they're doing, that's pretty right. funny. Chicken right. and egg. I would point that. That's something I would I would I would twit pick. Yeah. <laughs> I would. It's not. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not so much the shirt or the band that's being you know parodied as it is that person that is so focused on image that that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? That's that's the funny part. Is like you're, you know, I mean, you're a dirty hipster. You know, like you've nothing better to do with your time than seek out this shirt so you can wear it and be like, yeah, this is funny, right? I yeah. agree with you completely, except in the case of one band, excepting one band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or All right. yeah, I don't know. It's it's tied five to five. This is the tiebreaker. Uh, Jimmy Fa- Jimmy Fallon and the Jimmy Fallon Show. Whatever that the fuck that thing's called, uh, groove go. Late night with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Uh, funny or not funny, or is it good or not good? Funny or not funny. Not funny. Um, Why? Because Jimmy Fallon's comedic persona is nervous, and yeah. number one, so he he can't open with a good monologue. Number two, he can't do a funny interview because he's too nervous to like be yes. able to riff with somebody. Um, however. The saving grace of that show is the musical guest, but they're not funny, so still not funny. Still not funny. Uh, Eddie, you got any thoughts? Well, you know, I think he's following he's following a well a well trod path, you know, kind of the the back door, and to to what uh, what David was saying about his his comedic persona, you know, the reason everybody liked Conan O'Brien is because when he was you know his nervousness manifested itself as as, as self deprecation, whereas Jimmy Fallon has been smug since Saturday Night Live of like of like fucking up sketch after sketch and you know just not not he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's paid his dues he's no he's no uh he's no Jimmy Kimmel live you know what i'm saying yeah um but i mean i, I haven't ever watched one one moment of the show um it's it's interesting that he would get, get like cooler cooler musical guests maybe that speaks to his uh his demographic i don't know that was kind of a clinical answer. I, I don't, you know, not not a lot of humor uh, comes to mind when I think of that show. I don't know anybody um, who watches it either. Man, how can I award a point for that? Both yeah. of you are dead on. Uh, just it's a push. Go to the next one. Just push. All right. Well, that was my last one. But uh, all right, Conan O'Brien as on the Tonight Show. Uh, Eddie. Uh, I don't know. Get off late night television. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, we need a curveball. The Simpsons. Ooh. It's not a car- we've done cartoons and late. All right, um, I don't know what else is funny. Well, I know the next thing out of your mouth. I'm gonna need to say it's funny. 
Because you said what else is funny. How about Will Ferrell? <laughs> Will Ferrell movies, uh, yes, as a whole. As a body of work. Eddie, you go. As a body of work? Yes. I don't know. My favorite Will Ferrell is like when he was Mugatu and, and Zoolander. I like when he gets to play really surreally, surreal and weird characters, which is, you know, he doesn't always get to. Did you guys see him on Eastbound and Down? Yes. I didn't see that show, but he's the executive producer on that, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess I guess if you if you if you tally it up, his movies are not funny. The bad ones versus the the good ones. All right, Grieve. Uh, just for the sake of trying to get a point, I, I'm I'm gonna say yes. That the good ones are so good that they outweigh those three bad ones because there's really only three bad ones. Um, what are the three bad ones? Anchorman, Talladega Nights, and Semi Pro. Anchorman. Than, See, most people cite that as one of the funny ones, and they can and suck I on I my balls because it's not funny. And but but on on either side of that three movie span, except for like old school, he's mainly playing on the edge. Yeah, and he, he's going on the edge, and um, and and to try to get the point, Melinda and Melinda, Woody Allen film, he's in it. It's great. Uh, what about that horrible skating film? You thought that was funny? Oh shit! And yeah, let's not that, forget Land of the Lost, David. You the three movies you mentioned as his worst were were, were the ones I was thinking were his better ones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not funny. I've got. I'm gonna have to award Eddie with the last Eddie second point for that. Fuck my life! I forgot about that. I he got in there. He also Eddie had the Mugatu reference, which Mugatu is hilarious. So. I had the uh, They're breakdance fighting. <laughs> uh, oh. So fast Eddie wins the crown of the the winner of the first round of funny or not funny. But Groove, valiant effort, Groove. Yeah, well, I'm just uh, Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, you that was are. that was tough. Yeah, that was fun, right? Nerve-wracking. Yeah. I was nervous about it ever since uh, Joey said that's what we are going to do. You're I on the clock it. like that. It's like, boom. Yeah, on the imaginary clock that didn't seem to start or stop. Oh, I was being accurate by it. You just, yeah. It just time changes when you're in the moment. Yeah. All right, so I think that's about it. Uh, Fast Ed, you got anything you want to say to the world of uh, Internet podcast listeners, all 57 of them? No, I'd say uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. I had a, a good time tonight, and uh, yeah, I guess I got I got some catching up to do on my on my back episodes. But that's what uh, the beauty of a podcast. We've yeah. actually. I'll just before we go, I'll say we did get a stats update, um, and we've had uh, almost five thousand unique downloads um, on all our episodes, and. Um, and it looks like the numbers are starting to pick up again um, from uh, from being from being away. So hopefully you guys have gotten the message that we're going to be back. We're back on a regular basis. It'll be you know look for us on Tuesdays because we'll be recording on Monday nights. Yeah. And um, and thanks for thanks for being on the show, Fasthead. Yeah, yeah well, thanks. I think you guys we'll, are we'll going to definitely back. see a spike in your in your in your downloads. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that. The you know. Well, well it did it did wonders for Tom Sibley's career when he was on our show. So yeah, don't uh, get any of your uh, fellow Maiden fans to listen to the show if they're going to be upset with me for making fun of them. 
Oh, but we've, I, heard, I, I've heard worse than, we've, we've heard worse than, uh, than anything you have to, to offer. <laughs> I, am, I am actually going to go out and get live after death and check Just, it out. The, you know, it's, we talked about irony and how, it, you know, the, how that kind of offends me on such a, a deep level. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about you know, these heavy metal guys is just, they're so serious about it, and there's no smarminess, and they're just being yeah. completely earnest. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's very refreshing, especially after all the kind of posturing you see at, at like, panic shows and, you know, like, all no, the – there's like so much – their old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what I responded to was was getting get was keeping it real and that's my that's my my two cents. Cool. There you go. Well, on that note, we're gonna roll out. You can hit us on the uh, the email. Uh, what is that? I, I only, only like, like their old stuff, stuff at gmail.com and twitter.com/slash ioltos. And there's something else, right? Oh yeah, I only like their old stuff.com. If you want to go to our website, thanks to Kevin DeLeon for setting that up for us. Yep, so, uh, there we are, and we're out. Lights.